episode of the podcast. I'm Ilana. I'm Dina. And today we're going to do a double Real Housewives of Beverly Hills breakdown, starting with episode 10, Black Ties and White Lies, and then going into episode 11, Kiss and Tell All. After our breakdown, we are going to have a very special interview with our darling friend, Julian Prayet, who is um, from Fendi. Dina, tell us a little about him. Julian works with some of the top clients all around the world, gets exclusive items from Fendi, has some amazing stories and clients, and he just loves just like us, everything housewives. So we are just so excited and thrilled to get to be interviewing him and for you guys to have the pleasure to listen to him. So let's get started, Dina. Yes. Tell us what you thought, Alana, of the first episode. Well, I really, I thought that the name Black Ties and White Lies was not doing justice to what we really saw in the episode. I personally titled it Lots of New Faces from Old Friends. And I love the title. I really did not like the intro where they had very cinematic sort of what I don't even know what it's called sort of the way they did the camera work working up of Camille's house and then Camille opening the door dramatically and Kyle's hi Camille. It was giving us a little like promo because Eileen was back and they wanted us to feel that soap opera edge so to really show us you know she's coming don't you fret. They added in this moment. And also to show us Kyle is an actress, you know, just in case we we forgot that, you know, her life choice. Yeah, I don't even know if it was her life choice because um, her mom definitely seemed like a bit of a stage mom, but that's a different podcast indeed. It felt very forced. I unfortunately did not feel very impressed with Kyle's acting skills. I thought it left something uh, to be wanted. I really enjoyed, though, Camille's new face. Just, you know, one thing I did not feel last season about Camille was that she looked any different, like time had frozen. But this season, we see new Camille. I know it's been really lovely. And, you know, it's like, it kind of is like seeing her first season. She, mm-hmm. out of everyone, has had some of the best work. Definitely. But I really did love, I have to say, seeing right off the bat her getting an interview. I was really happy with her interview look. She didn't yell. She worked the camera well. She really, right away, it felt like we hadn't skipped a beat with her. And I enjoyed that. Now, when the good thing with Camille is she's like one of those friends you haven't seen for years. She picks up right where she left off. Right. Like off. a opera episode where you can leave it for five years and come back and Camille will still be right there. She's in the... But I laughed so hard with Kyle's fake phone call to Camille and the whole kind of drama around that scene with Mauricio standing looking dumb while Kyle's fake calling Camille and arranging this um, meet and greet, if you will. I felt like it really just made me, I felt the work. I saw the edges, if you will, and it made me laugh. And this show hasn't made me laugh in a while. So I did appreciate that. I did. No, I definitely think that opening scene was humor for all of us. You know, they wanted to take us in and say, you know, as serious as everything is getting with 
Denise, we still have some lightheartedness in us and we want to show you some laughs and giving, you know, both Camille and Kyle that, that chance to give that to us, you know, did I want it? No. Did I need it? No. But was it there? It was. <laughs> it was. And you know what, honestly, I, I have to say, you know, when Camille was asking Kyle what she can do to get back in the good graces, I was like, listen, that's not what this show is about. No, it isn't. They're that's here not because this show does not have anything going for it. And they need someone like you who is going to set a fire to these women. And you know Bravo's in trouble when they start calling all the old people. And that's what they did this episode. They literally called every single person who has ever passed by those cameras in Beverly Hills and said, come on down for this party. We need a little something. I appreciated it. I honestly, though, just moving um, on before the party to that awkward lunch with Lisa and Denise, the only thing I enjoyed about it was the fries. I really wanted to eat those French fries. Fries look so good, and all I kept thinking was like, did they get one order? Did that come with something? What restaurant is this? And I really felt like those fries, you know, those were the stealing moment of the show. That was what really got me. Well, I mean, I was concerned for the fries. I felt like they were probably going cold. There wasn't enough action with them. I think I saw Denise take a bite, but I didn't really see interaction with those French fries. And a fry is meant to be eaten hot, not at room temperature, not even, not even temperature. Of course, did they have honey mustard? Did they have the proper condiments? Did they have Bethany's jam? But you know, honestly, I don't think anyone but you eats honey mustard with french fries, so I doubt they had that. But I'd imagine there was some sort of ketchup situation. You know what? I feel like, and I'm just going to go on a little side note here, for my honey mustard lovers, as well as just mustard, I'm cool with that too, who doesn't want ketchup? You know, you want a classier life, and I'm with you. Well, I did feel, though, that the kind of the producers and the conversation that's ongoing about the three-something, it made me, in a sort of Carrie Bradshaw sort of way, be, I couldn't help but wonder if the producers had already known about this Brandy thing, if Brandy had already been in touch with them and they knew this was coming, because it seems like the girls keep going really hard about this threesome thing, and Denise genuinely seems like a person who is annoyed, not because of what happened, but because they keep bringing it up. And that makes me think that they're bringing it up so that they can later use it as some sort of hypocrisy, and not because anyone genuinely has these feelings. And who better to call upon for a moment like that than our lovely Rena? That's true, that's true. I mean, also, who cares? I mean, this is seriously as boring as the dog plot line. I, hey, I Juicy, look, what was it? Lucy, Juicy, Apple Goosey, I don't remember her name. It was a name like that. And even that to me was somewhat more interesting than this. I feel like it is like a dead dog. Like we need to move on. Well, the, I, I, one thing I did like about the whole scene, I don't know if it's like, but I'm a real fan of breaking the fourth wall. And I did appreciate Lisa sort of trying to call out Denise about using the show to create a new image of herself because of her 
um, problems with Charlie Sheen and, their, and the custody issues coming up in Denise's private life. Although it did make me really kind of really disgusted with Rina because if you believe that, especially as Denise is tearfully telling her, you know what I've been through to protect these girls, and she's nodding, yes, I do. The fact that she would then not help her friend secure her children, not that she should need to given Charlie Sheen's background, but it definitely for me kind of felt very dirty on Lisa's side in terms of a friendship, but I loved it as a viewer. But Lisa Renna has no loyalty. I am rewatching past seasons and she was close with Lisa Vanderpump for 30 years and she decided to go after her. Like this woman is not somebody, I think besides Aileen, which it is the biggest mystery. Like if that could be a season's plot line, what is it about Lisa and Aileen that she will not go after her? Because Lisa will go after anyone and she seems to do it in this own it like she's so above everything and I have just so many questions about their relationship but that's for another time yeah but it is an interesting sort of um question to ask when what is too far in the mind of Lisa Rinna because she's very much boots on the ground if you will she's making things happen Beverly Hills really was losing its um vibrancy after sort of Kyle and Kim were not engaging as much on the show so I felt like Rina really gave it a little bit of fire and I think that's what she continues to do for us I agree I just feel like you know she has she has some some questions when it comes to being a good friend is she one no, no. <laughs> but you know what that is what not what we want from her no one is thinking Rina the good friend but we are thinking Rina the great because she is doing so much for Beverly Hills I mean really nothing would happen in Beverly Hills without her but I will say the show highlight for me was in the very next scene where we see Glenn the party planner and Faye I could not have been happier I literally yelped in delight I was so happy to see that he has done so well for himself. He's lost some weight. He's relaxing couch side. He really just seemed in a place of confidence. Normally we're used to him sweatily running around. He was calm, very, you know, easygoing. And I was so happy to just see him in this sort of more enlightened state. Kyle seems a little manic, but then immediately after this joyfulness that came to my eyes, Dorit walks in with her Carol Brady haircut and her Judy Jetson boobies. And again, I was just <laughs> thrilled with what was before me. I mean, this was an episode that was already giving me something without any content at all. No, this, I agree with you. Be beautiful moments. <laughs> I mean, this episode, we got a lot of new faces on Old Friends. We see Eileen, or Aileen, I can never pronounce her name, um, with the brown hair. A new nose, new mm -hmm. all, all fixed up, new and improved, which doesn't mean anything because you're one or the other, but she was those things. Better. What? I'm going to go with maybe an unpopular opinion, but I like the old nose better. 
You know what? I don't know if it has garnered enough interest for popularity, but I'm okay with it. I did not think um, it was necessary. And I did enjoy, though, that this new version of her came with a little shade. I liked when she was a little shady about Denise and she was saying, you know, her little remarks in the car about how, you know, she doesn't do Hallmark movies, but Denise does. And I just appreciate she was coming in hot. And, and I always like a little bit of mess for my housewives, former and current. <laughs> I liked seeing Kim. Was it a Kim I was familiar with? No, not before last episode, but it, it's nice to see her. Brandy, I almost didn't recognize her. Brandy, so new. So new. And Adrian, she looked to me like she had been cryogenically frozen and then taken out for this very party. And I appreciated <laughs> that. I also very much, you know, enjoyed seeing Kathy and Chris. A friend of her. I was so happy to see Chris bought Corey. She let him out of the Kardashian compound. I was so happy for him to be escorted out and kind of see the world. He seemed to have a bond with Mauricio, which made me very happy. I gather he's been let out before. So it was very exciting, very stimulating. I did also feel that it was nice seeing PK and Dorit in the closet when they were having their little moment and he was thinking she, his wife is so beautiful and expressing so much complimentary um, things to her. I just thought it was very sweet. We don't really see that softer side of their bond really. And I've been really loving their double interviews this season. I just love that little moment. And I also love that he felt that he had been through enough on the show as a housewife adjacent character to now give advice to newbies like Aaron about their mistakes. And I felt that he actually was coming from a place of real knowledge, real knowledge. So I did really not agree with Erica when she was sort of talking about how Aaron um, talked down to them and that the way he spoke to them, if um, Tom had done that, she would have sort of talk like talk down to her she would have told him to shut up and that he would sort of demur to her um anger because we've seen her on screen be very different with him i mean the first time we actually met him was at that dinner with lisa vanderpump when he literally told her to shut up and stopped her from talking and she piped down real quick so i don't understand why she wouldn't under, um like why she would judge a wife for allowing her husband to express himself and not stopping him. And it just felt like this weird sort of threesome between Erica and Teddy and Kyle that and Erica will not let go of this. It feels to me not true to Erica's character because I don't understand why she is so offended. Okay, she apologized once and clearly that wasn't enough for Denise because Denise still wanted to express herself. It doesn't mean she was mad. Telling people what happened does not necessarily mean that you're saying it out of anger. You're just still expressing something that's inside you. And it feels like they're trying to make it a thing, but Erica actually seems like she's genuinely offended by it, as if it's about her specifically, which I find a bit odd, because yes, they keep talk talking about it using threesome as a title, 
but they were talking about a lot of different things, sexual things at that table, all of them. So it doesn't seem like it's really personal to Erica. And it certainly doesn't seem from Denise's end really personal to Erica. And I just sort of found this, this statement that she was making, this very blanket statement, even true to Erica. So it just felt annoying that she felt um, confident to say that. With Erica, I think with what always upsets her from like every season I've ever watched is if you repeat something. If you repeat something to her, when she settles it that first time, it should be done. She doesn't want to hear it from other people. She doesn't want to, you know, talk about it again. She is ready to like move on. So I think that um, one of the reasons what annoyed her about Denise is because everyone was telling her Denise was talking about it and the way they kept saying it was referring to specifically what Erica said. So I think Erica felt like, again, they're trying to make her a scapegoat. And Erica, you know, she went through it with Teddy and Kyle. So she, she knows probably or feels like there are certain signs she's getting. But what she doesn't realize is Denise is Teddy and Kyle's scapegoat this season. Like, Denise is who they're going after. So Erica just seems annoyed about things, but I bet she's hearing stuff on the sidelines. So for me, that's where that kind of, like, stands. No, but I'm excited for the party. I'm I'm really excited by the looks people are wearing. Not really Denise. I think her style is so dated. Kyle was wearing her jumpsuit despite the hesitation from her makeup artist she still decided to go with her brand's jumpsuit which wanted to see that no and it was ill-fitting in the front there was some sort of organza detail that was crumbling up not crumbling but sort of i don't know hiking upwards against the will of the designer it wasn't working for me um i did enjoy meeting kimber and her name interests me. I want more backstory on her. I also was very excited to see her petting Dorit. She pets her very freely. But Kimber has been involved in the seasons, I think, since season seven. And first, I think they quoted her as the assistant of Camille. And then later, she's now a friend of. But she's usually wasted and just having a good time and seems to really enjoy everyone. So... I feel like her story is she is Camille's drunken friend or sober friend who is not companion who is not sober. Well, I enjoyed her. I think anyone who can pet someone freely and confidently sort of boop is very, that's good stuff to me. Obviously, my personal episode highlight is Rino walking right up to Camille and saying, and I quote, it's nice to see you. I don't need beef with you, but you're an asshole on Twitter. Came in hot. Love Brenna for that. She always brings it. She does. And I feel like she really knows, you know, how to how to start start the conversation. Get things flowing. No one else no one else is doing that. No, she walks in with a motive. I will mention earlier, just I forgot to mention it, I did also enjoy that Kris Jenner's title was, quote, Kyle's friend. I appreciated that, and I appreciated the idea that there are possibly people in the Bravo universe who are not also in the Kardashian-Jenner universe. I just appreciated that they wanted to inform the public. 
No, that was shade, I feel. But I like how everyone on Instagram went and changed it to, like, um, Chris, mother effing Jenner. Because <laughs> we know who she is. But what I feel like is because their sister channels eventually, if the Kardashians ever shall end or if we shall stop keeping up with them, we shall keep up with Chris on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, a friend of Kyle. As friend of Kyle. And, you know, I did enjoy this episode not having any interviews or confessionals with Teddy. I felt like there was just a lack um, of dead weight. I was happy to kind of not give her the platform. I think she should be a friend of Kyle's and not a show kind of lead, if you will, not main cast. I did find her so teddy and annoying when Denise and, well, she's trying to engage Denise, I should say, and Denise kind of right away kind of turns her back to Teddy but in the face of Teddy, I felt like that was, that's where Teddy belongs. And I felt like there's nothing Teddy can give that we want to see. So much like Denise, I too want to turn away from her, but in the face style and sort of say, no, please stay down. Stay no, down. I agree. I think no one wants to see more of Teddy and shocking. And this probably is shocking to our, um, listeners or maybe they know because they seem like they'd be in the know but they're saying teddy might even be bringing in a friend like they're gonna cast a friend of teddy's and no one wants a friend of teddy's no one wants want teddy to be on no and it's um it's i think jana kramer she's a country star she was on one tree hill a show i did watch but i have to say that's as much as I needed her. And I do not need her on this show. I also, I feel like this, I hope Bravo can hear it as all of their true friends fans say this. No one wants a younger cast. Please stop casting anyone that's young. That's I not think what it's trying such, to Yes. I think it's such a mistake. What makes Bravo great is one of the few platforms where you see older women acting like middle school children and getting a platform to be their beautiful, fabulous, crazy selves. And I feel to take that away is actually lessening the franchise. You want women who haven't just lived, they've lived. You know, I don't need any of this sort of no. new who's just figuring out the world. I need someone who has been through it, who knows what the world looks like and says, world, I'm a bitch lappy. No, and it's so sad. I heard Atlanta has cast two 30-year-olds. Like, we don't need that. No one needs that. I don't care about that. I want to see 40s, mid-40s and above. I think much like the president of America, no one should be under the age of 45 eligible. Well, hopefully Andy's listening and understanding. I mean, one can only hope for yeah. only this reason. But I will say sort of in a final thought, I did really feel PK was trying and Aaron was acting like a little bitch. All this season, I've kind of been okay with Aaron because he's trying to defend his wife. And even though he's being an asshole at times, I don't necessarily think he's mansplaining. But I definitely felt this episode that he was just being obnoxious. And I felt PK was genuinely giving him good advice and he was being rude 
and sort of con like condescending, but from a place where he should not condescend anyone. So it was bizarre to watch. And he was not making any points, but he definitely felt confidently that he was expressing himself in such a way that he was making good points, which was very bizarre to watch. But I think Aaron deserves a diamond. I mean, he could be the next housewife. Married to Nicolette Sheridan, like he's now married to Denise Richards, Aaron deserves a story to be told. We need more information. This is an incestuous cast. I need to know how everyone's connected. And maybe they're all connected through Aaron. And maybe Brandy, for that matter. Six degrees of separation to Aaron. Yeah, this is a, an amazing drinking game that they should have people play. And might I add that Denise hasn't really been bringing it this season, but Aaron has. So really, you know, she should be thanking him for his paycheck. I know he's doing a lot. He's doing the good good work of the people, and I feel like you know he's bringing something to a season that has been so boring. Yeah, but I also want to add that I feel that this episode was a lot of sensory overload, and I felt a little bit like Aaron was felt like a consistent old friend in a way because all the old friends we had who were on this episode had new faces. So I was just, I need more camera time on this person. I need to get a closer shot of that person. I felt so overwhelmed, but with Aaron and PK, I felt very, you know, comfortable and good. And I knew what was happening. I knew who I was looking at 100% certain of that. And I appreciated that from them. No, I also felt like Bravo keeps making some weird decisions on scenes that are not needed, like Kim at the doctor's appointment. They waste at least 10 to 15 minutes, it felt like, on it. Really a year. And then when we're at the party, the scene everyone's been waiting for all, like, the whole time we've been watching this, they basically spend, like, 15 or less minutes on that and make it for the next episode. And to me, that just shows, like, you know, are they caring about us? Because we put in so much time and effort. And what are we getting back right now except some sloppy work and Kyle looking really ridiculous and Kim, you know, trying to be Ariana Grande, but the older version. And it's just not working. This hairstyle is not working. Brandy and Denise's awkward moment. I couldn't tell if it was awkward because the way the camera was showing it was sort of, they were creating awkward, or if it was really that awkward, but it well, felt very comfortable. Episode. So are you guys ready? Are you ready to discuss part two of this party slash Brandy's confession? Let's go into the next episode now. Episode 11, Kiss and Tell All. So for me, what caught me off right away was definitely that Denise and Teddy kind of had the same hair going. And I was thinking to myself, is this a who wore it better? And I feel like Denise <laughs> wore it better. Denise. But it could also be that honestly, every time I see Teddy, even in her new confessional with that pink hair. I no, that hair triggered me. I, I very much felt that 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 was a bad decision. No, Teddy makes a lot of bad decisions, but I feel like no matter what, when it comes to um, Teddy, like, 
you know, I asked myself why. And is this because of corona? Why, why are we suffering? Haven't we all been through enough? And I just feel like Teddy is the representation of 2020. You know? Well, yeah. No, I, I really felt that it was really cruel after making us wait the whole last episode for something to happen and nothing happens. And then to start the episode with Teddy. I mean, people prone to sleep deprivation or narcolepsy will be triggered by that. It's just not right. You need to start with a bang. You don't start with a snooze. No, I think that was, again, Bravo saying to us, you know, we're not doing well right now and you're going to suffer with us. You know, it's like when you're in a relationship and maybe the person you're with who isn't good for you is suffering and they want to put that all on you. And I feel like Bravo right now is doing that to us. They're going through a lot. They've gone through Vanderpump. New York people aren't loving as much. I like it. But, you know, they have had a lot of ups and downs. They had Atlanta, the reunion, now Shaw's. Like, people are coming and going right now. And I think, you know, they wanted us to be in that same, you know, situation, feel that that pain that comes from deep below. And I definitely feel it every time they show Teddy or Kyle, you know, getting dressed or, you know, in that outfit that her stylist has put her in, which Kyle, I know I've said this before, but whoever is dressing you, you have to let them go. They're not good for you. That is not her stylist's fault because that is from her own line. But honestly, I I did for all the somebody's letting her somebody is Mauricio is stoned. So you know what? He is smoking and he's providing the life, but he can't see through that gaze, that haze. You know, he's seeing, you know, the old Kyle and we are seeing what Kyle has become and her style has become worse and worse. It yeah. just feels like we should do a PSA on it. I think this is right now. That is true. Maybe one day she'll hire us. Stylishly Solomon. I bet after this she'll love us. She'll love us. We're so complimentary. Um, no, but I did think it, that, you know, when Camille told Teddy that she felt that they were gaslighting her, I wasn't quite sure what she meant by that. Not that I don't know what gaslighting means, but in the sense of in what way were they gaslighting her at the reunion. But I definitely enjoyed that she was fighting with Teddy, but ended up making up with Denise. That just felt nice. And it, it, it felt really, you know, I think Teddy and Denise kind of look alike. And I felt that C Camille sort of started out Teddy, realized that was sort of a dog not worth giving the bone to and threw it to Denise to kind of finish it off. And I, and I appreciated that. I agree with you on that one. I do. But speaking of PSAs, which I really appreciate you mentioning these important things that we, the public, should be doing, I do want to just really quickly go back to Teddy's highlight. I just feel that Teddy, even when she's trying to be interesting, makes the most boring decisions. And picking a dated style in such a poor way, in such a such a bad choice for her does nothing for her whatsoever it doesn't make her more interesting it was so you know desperate to be interesting and it just didn't help and I feel that this is really a PSA to Bravo to please replace Teddy 
I, I agree with this. And I think, I hope they're hearing us because it's not just us who are leaving this. It is pretty much everyone in America, maybe the world who have, you know, really all collectively have decided no to Teddy. Like, no, I don't know besides Kyle who is seeing Teddy and being like, that's a girl I would need to know more about. Because honestly, every time she comes on screen, I think that's a girl I need to quickly fast forward and get this done with. This is painful. Yeah, you know, I want more of Kim and Brandy and Kyle's extensions and a ponytail. I mean, that was vibes to me. I do not want more from Teddy. I would rather the formerly cryogenically frozen Adrian Malouf in her Malouf hoofs giving us just a, a slow walk across the street, so across the street or across the room even. It's so shocking. Um, that Adrian and Brandy are like so good now. Yeah, and her apology was very bizarre, very bizarre. And the way she was just sort of trying to shade Vanderpump and Adrian was like, yep, it was Vanderpump. Like no matter what, even if Lisa Vanderpump told Brandy to do it, Brandy did it and Brandy did it many times. That is your choice, that is 100% your decision making and you cannot blame someone else for the choices you have made it was no one else but brandy who on international television said um the the room the i don't know if it's really a rumor but said the private things about adrienne malouf and the way she had her children but I didn't feel like Adrian was saying, yes, Lisa did it. I felt like Adrian was just shutting her up and saying yes, because in past seasons, when Adrian comes to parties, she's hugging Lisa and being close with Lisa. So I think like Adrian has just decided mentally it was for the show and she's moving on because she just seems like a person who likes to keep good with everyone. But yeah. I just felt like I could never... After all the stuff Brandy did with everyone, even Kyle, I could never be friends with this woman. And if my sister was choosing to be friends with somebody like Brandy, I would know. I mean, you can look at Kim, so it's like clear. It's like you know, it's it's very clear. But I would know my sister was a crackhead, and maybe Kim is a crackhead. I don't think that, but Kim is clearly severely not eating, and she's clearly on something. I don't know what she's on. That is not a woman who is sober. And she looks so scary. She's so insane. I know I mentioned this earlier, but I did not get this Ariana Grande, like, old day, new hairstyle that she has seemed to embrace. It it makes her look even creepier with her hair so full, um, pulled far that back. And I just think her eyes are, like, plunging. Too much is happening. It's too much. And I just think, you know, maybe I like seeing Kim on the show. But the way that they keep showing her is not the Kim I want to see. Well, I have to say that I have a theory that I feel you might appreciate, which is that I think perhaps Kim is no longer uh, in typical human form and has some sort of battery operation and perhaps tucked into that pony is what powers her. Because the way it is so tightly sort of packed in if you will i feel it must be her power source and that might answer a lot of the concerns that you have dina 
That's true. That's true. And it's just something, you know, it's food for thought. It's something I'm going to think about. But more importantly, I think like what stood out for me, obviously, was the Brandy saying the whole throuple thing. Because I think when you're looking at Brandy talking to Denise and Aaron, Denise and Aaron both look really uncomfortable and disgusted by Brandy. And I took it more with Brandy's reaction to be like, oh, they're not giving me good vibes right now. I'm going to come after you. Well, I mean, definitely. But there was a lot of sort of strange this episode that I both appreciated and didn't appreciate. I, I mean, first of all, loved Wilson Phillips. When they started singing Hold On, I burst out into song and it was a beautiful moment. And I felt that it perhaps was sort of telling to the cast, just hold on, telling to the audience, just hold on that we will give you a season, you know? You know, also, that did nothing for me, but I also did not know that was the name of that. I always knew that woman who the the, the main one. But, you know, more because of her weight struggle, not because of anything to do with her. Isn't she also Ashley Judd's sister? Or am I making that up? Completely different person. (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, I actually called her in my notes, Ashley Judd's sister. But I, Kathy approved. I don't know, it was a small little moment, but Kathy gave Kyle absolute proof. She said, this could not have gone better, Kyle. And I think Kathy is really the matriarch of that family. So that highest praise possible i was very happy i was very happy with that indeed i really enjoyed brandy being a drunk hot mess because i loved the way later they tried to use it to tie into sort of what they were sharing with us that she's not a drunk mess she's a drug mess only because of her discomfort with denise which i don't believe why anybody tells brandy to keep her mouth shut that's the minute she'll turn on you if you turn to brandy and say like You know, I'm planning a surprise for my sister, and I just can't let her know about this. I feel like Brandy would be like, they put me in a really bad situation. I have been mentally scarred and physically, like, they have might abuse me, but physically I am abused by this. And then she'll go after them. Brandy is so psycho. I've just never... And Kyle's reaction to Brandy has, again, just made me be like, Kyle... I love seeing the little pop-up of uh, Dorit doing her buco, buco de Peppa work. I really enjoyed just that little snippet. And I heard from Garcelle, spoiler alert, that that will be where Teddy is having her baby shower. So very exciting stuff. This thing is really happening. And I also really did not enjoy Erica's new confessional. It wasn't the look the look was fine it was the closeness of camera to face I felt that she really showed her age in that moment oh really I feel so differently I thought she looked beautiful I thought both she and Dorit and their confessionals looked really good I think Dorit looks amazing I thought Erica literally needed about a foot of camera like further away I did not appreciate seeing anyone that up close I felt like I was getting a lot of forehead work and I really wanted more, <clears throat> pardon, I really wanted more, like, of her face. Like, give me face. Don't give me forehead. I don't know. I thought she looked really pretty. I did think her lips looked big, but otherwise I thought, like, she was on point. But, 
But I feel like all things are going Erica's way. I've seen the Shoe Dazzle commercials for quite some time, and I was really excited for the big party for her. Wasn't exactly sure what they were launching, but the cake looked amazing. So shoe collection with Shoe Dazzle. But it's already been around, so what are we really launching? But, but that was before it was around. Like That was when it was officially launched. Because she already did Chicago, too. Yeah, but I saw the Shoe Dazzle thing like maybe a couple years ago. No. I swear. I don't know. I don't think that's correct. I I do think it's correct because I can remember when I saw it. No, I feel like this is new. But I, I also disagree. I love Mikey. I'm obsessed with him. Like I said, I'm rewatching the older episodes. And I just think like he's such a ride or die. He's so funny, and I just want to see more sometimes of Erica and him back and forth because she's so different when she's around him. You can tell that's one of her really good friends. Yes. And just love more of him. I also really loved, um, like, the kind of general lightness of Erica in this episode. I mean, I didn't, I mean, really specifically at this event, not the episode. She wasn't that light, to be fair, with Denise. She really blew her off when she tried to apologize. But I thought there was some sort of joie de vie to Erica. Like, she is appreciating and enjoying all these things that are happening to her. And she seemed very, um, instead of being, like, haughty about it, she seemed, like, really appreciative, which I liked. I agree. And I, I thought, like, she, I just thought the whole thing was very cute. The cake looked amazing. It was That's such amazing. a cool. I also thought it was hilarious when Denise looked disgusted at Lisa Renna when she first walks in with the wig and then you can see her making that mental decision like I will hug her but I do not like her. Well the fact that everyone was sparkly I mean borderline over too much sparkle I mean Kyle's harem pants were too much for me but then Denise showed up with jeans of course she's gonna think Rina with a blonde wig, leopard print, uh, thigh-high booties, and a big slit is shocking. No, of course. But I did think Denise's makeup, when Erica and Denise are talking, both of them, I was like, they both look so beautiful. Look at these. Gorgeous. I thought they both look gorgeous. I had the same thought. I was like, I can't even concentrate on this fight. You both are glowing. You look fabulous. Just enjoy the moment. And I loved when Lisa Rinna said they're going to Rome, Italy, as opposed to Rome, Oklahoma, apparently, because they really needed to say where Rome is. And I just really, when I was looking at all of them in that scene, I was actually thinking, all of you ladies look just lovely. This is a really good episode for you. The lighting is working for you. No, I agree, but I um I, I did think that, you know, just after the party when um Garcelle is kind of doing her one on one and saying how, you know, um she or not her one on one when she's out to eat with Sutton and then she's doing her interview and she's saying how um she doesn't have time to be with like see these women and she doesn't have time to get to know them. But then when you see her asking these questions to Sutton it made me realize like she could be the new Lisa Vanderpump. She's very blunt. She says exactly how she feels. And if she's loyal to somebody, like she doesn't back down. But she doesn't have time. So well, she could see why they casted her. But she does not have the time. 
Well, I thought at first when I saw Garcelle and, and Satyan having dinner that they sort of made strange bedfellows, if you will, for a dinner. But then when Sutton came in with my kitchen gets hot and Garcelle was impressed, I'm like, okay, okay, let me see this. Let me watch this develop. I'm interested. I'm hooked. Then Garcelle with her LVP vibes doing the whole, where'd you get your money? Did you, how did you lose your virginity? And all these questions. I was like, yes, we don't, maybe we don't need so much of Garcelle because when she's there, she's going to bring it and no one else is bringing anything. We've got, you know, lack of plot line in, but from everyone else, Garcelle has two minutes on screen and she is hot. No, I agree. But I also think, I know it's not popular opinion. I like Sunny. I do. I, don't know I do too. I think she's adorable. The only issue I take with Sutton is that all of her dresses are the same cut and it's giving her SpongeBob SquarePants vibes and I think she's better than that. No, but I think we learned when they showed her assistant that she must not, either she shops with a stylist but she doesn't have a full-time stylist and I think, you know, again, Sutton, if you need somebody, we are here and we travel. We do travel. We'll so be your glam squad in Rome, even if it's it's Rome, Oklahoma. We are there for you. We are just one. When in Rome, you know. When in Rome. And I beautifully put. Thank you. And I also thought, you know, one thing that made me feel like, am I a spoiled brat? Which, you know, I might be. So with Amelia, when it came to her choosing her apartment and all of her requests, I kept thinking like, but I would have all of those requests. Like every girl should want if they can afford it, should want a doorman. That's, it's like just so not safe when you're a girl. I feel like, especially if you're tiny and like, you know, you know, you just want to feel extra safe. And I felt like everything she was asking for was very reasonable. Well, I thought it was very reasonable, especially given the fact that she's not asking anyone to pay for it. She's paying for it herself. And to be honest, you know, the not being on ground floor, having a um porter or a doorman or what have you you know the, and you know wanting white clean walls i mean i thought she was very informed as someone looking for properties and i thought that was smart and nice of her and i know they were trying to make it a joke like what a spoiled person but you're not really a spoiled person if you're paying for it yourself and you know what you want that's a woman i respect a woman who knows what she wants amelia we respect you speaking of people though we don't respect kyle why do you have a christmas tree in your house no, that really upset me. Also, should we be concerned about the Umansky kids? Because they all seem to be working for his realtor business as if it's like some sort of Umansky children's sweatshop. And I just want to make sure that everyone's good. Like they really do all no, be realtors. She took after her older sister, Farah. She like wanted to always do it. And she's been working hard. I loved her Chanel bag. Like, Let's go. That might just be the party line, Dina. That might be the party line. No, I think this is a family who loves to be together. And they are staying strong. And even on the season I was watching, like, she was already working for him. And I think I'm on season seven or eight again. So she's been doing this for a while. And I she think did not seem that great at it, Dina, because one of the things Amelia said is she wants a two-bedroom. And her first response is, I've got a great one-bedroom that doesn't have a doorman. So her listening skills could be improved. Or was she thinking smart? You show somebody one apartment they don't like that is within their price range and one apartment that they do like that is a bit more than what they want. 
And then eventually they're going to go with the one that's a bit more because it's giving them everything they want because she probably was giving her a lowball um, price. But, you know, that's one thing uh, me, Alexia, and I can discuss when, you know, I, I got, you know, fair liked one of our comments. So these are, this is a big step for us. Well, I will say, Dina, perhaps you're in the wrong line of business because that seems a smart approach. I've seen them talk about on shows. The good thing is, is I pretty much watch any show that's out there. So I learn a lot. Oh my God, though, when Teddy walked to, into Kyle's house, I literally had a you're still here kind of, you know, stomach sink. I just, uh, like, still oh, here. Still I man. See, I couldn't believe when they're doing something nice is having a baby shower for her. She looks so like it's the last thing she wants to discuss. And then when she's like, I just don't want the girls. I want to do nothing that's full of trouble. It reminds uh, me of a friend she I have. To open her gifts in front of everyone. Yeah, and it's so... Uh. Like with one of them, one of Alana, our close friends, every time we try to do something for her birthday, she always will say to us, you know, no, no, like, I don't want anything, you know, and will tell us like, she doesn't want to feel like, you know, so much pressure, this and that. And then when we don't do anything that big, she gets very upset. So I there. told you, you know, you want to do something special, just let us do it then. Let, like, you know, and I feel like Very passive aggressive. Yeah, and I feel like Teddy's one of those people who's like, I want you all to like prove to me how much you want to do this. And it just made me want to say to Teddy and turn to her and be like, oh, Teddy Bear, no one wants to come to your party. No one wants to be doing this. You have made it so that people are now uncomfortable being Even around. people who are paid to be there don't want to make the money and be on the call sheet to be there to be at your event. That's how bad you've made it to be around you. Think about that, Jenny. And just because Kyle likes you, you know, Kyle comes in and out. You can't trust that. So mm -hmm. you can't be going on that Kyle's the only person on the show who can stand you. That's not going to work. But speaking of Kyle, I did think when we saw her with no makeup on in her beautiful robe, I was thinking, oh, my God, Kyle's giving me old vibes. Like, she looks young. She looks beautiful. Her hair oh, looks skinny. Amazing. And I just thought, Kyle, why are you hiring this stylist who is making you look so bad? You no, know, her own her own instincts are treating her much better than whoever she's hired. Wrong person. As a good housewife will always say, wrong place in time. Wherever she met this person was the wrong place in time because everything they're putting her in is wrong, 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 wrong. No, it's just, it hurts the eyes. It's painful. You know, it makes one think, like, what is happening with the world right now that, you know, in this 2020 world, we are given Kyle's bad hairstyle and fringe, as well as Teddy in general. Oh, Teddy. But I did like seeing Kim, and I love that she left Brandy in the car, like, some booty call she was embarrassed about. was like, I'm just running inside to my sister's out here I mean she is so funny that she did that I I just it made me miss the two of them so much yeah I don't miss Kim or Brandy that much I think they both make me really sad and I think again because I am re-watching everything it has made me see that Brandy and Kim are not nice people they're not that's why they're so great for each other and they really bring out Kyle's emotional 
levels. We get to see a lot of Kyle's emotional work, if you will. I mean, Kyle certainly gave us straight up lies this episode in order to give us later verification, if you will, about what Brandy will be saying, because she said that not only did she say Brandy wasn't a liar later, but she starts off the episode by saying that even in her most difficult times with Brandy, she was always happy that Brandy was such a good friend to Kim. And I thought... Kyle lies. Yeah, Kyle is giving us actor Kyle. She's lying to us to kind of create a plot line. And I feel we don't get that from Kyle when there aren't proper people there. You need the Lisa Vanderpumps. You need the Brandies. You need these trigger people that help Kyle get to that place. No, I agree. And the second anyone goes and says Brandy is their person of reason, Brandy's the one that's telling the truth, we have to know something behind the scenes is not kosher. Especially Brandy using the word kosher is not kosher. Like, yeah, you know, I took that as an act of aggression. Me too. I was like, how dare you like, use the word my people? Yeah. Do not, do not, do not come to this Jewish house, even if it has a Christmas tree in it, and say that things are kosher. That felt aggressive and that felt ewy. You know, like don't 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 use my terms thank you very much no and the fact that kyle has gone on media like it's all over instagram like her saying how brandy's so trustworthy brandy's never a liar i was just watching either on season five or six where the whole season kyle is not only accusing brandy of lying but of tearing her relationship up with kim of creating lies between lisa vanderpump and her like she went on this whole season of saying that they even get in a fight at the reunion where Andy finally finally calls Brandy basically a dog. <laughs> I remember. Was treating her like a dog, and Lisa agrees, and Brandy tells you know Co um Andy to you know f off, and I feel like that was you know Brandy sealing her fate, getting kicked off the show. But, but I did she look who's back with I mean new face but same person. Yeah, but she doesn't have like a full. She's not like a full member, and she wasn't well, she even. Got in this episode, she was in that lacy sort of coquettish shirt in a in a nude tone. So she, she she certainly with her collagen, um, you know, juvederm cheeks. She came. She came full. She she came she full. She did. But both her Camille and her are not at the reunion. It. Like, you know, all the ladies are on following. Are we sure about that? They might be surprises. I don't think they are. I mean, maybe because Brandy did come out with a tweet kind of saying, like, kind of alluding to the fact that, like, even though she first said that she wasn't going to be on the reunion, then she came out with another that was sort of making it seem like she might be on the next one. But I don't know if they'll have Brandy. The thing with Brandy is that there's nothing good. There's no redeeming qualities about her. There's nothing about her where you can turn and say, okay, she might do this stuff, but there is something likable. With Lisa Renna, there's still something likable no matter what she does. Like, yeah. I'm interested in the fact that Erica Jane on Lisa's birthday posted a picture and said, like, you're the, um, uh, um what is it, the... What are those two people who in the car and they fly up? The thousand of my Louise. She said oh. something like that. And all I thought was like, when did this develop? 
how are you guys so close? You're saying the Thelma to your Louise? Like, I have so many questions. Then under Reed's birthday, Kyle wrote, I know we're not speaking, but I want to wish you a happy birthday. When did they stop speaking? Like, these are the things I wish the show was investigating. Instead of this stupid plot line that it's clearly made up. Brandy is the biggest liar in the world. If well, she told me the sky was blue, I would think it definitely had to be dark black. Like, I just don't. I don't understand it. Well, one of the things that I felt right away very hesitant and sort of back up wasn't just that it was coming from Brandy, who I personally think, based on the show, that she does not come across as a truthful person. And she's someone who always says and does horrible things, makes up lies, and then blames it on someone else. So even outside of that, right away, I felt that Brandy was likely lying because she started off her story before she even goes into it by first talking about Denise, like, oh, she says these bad things about you, Teddy. She says you're obnoxious and you're living in your father's shadow your whole life and you're overcompensating. And Erica, you're a cold-hearted bitch. Like, Kyle, she says that she that you know bad things about you. Like she was right away trying to get them in a state of like heightened emotion, so that when she told her story, they were all on this sort of bandwagon of hating me. The whole drama of her with the water. Can I have something to drink? Like she was making it so dramatic, and the story was so nothing. Like it just doesn't even an important story to tell and that they all right away were just so willing to believe Brandy and Kim saying oh my god she did something so awful to you the worst thing you can do that is not the worst thing you can do and Phaedra from Atlanta did the worst thing you can do to a human by making up a false rape claim this whole thing is nothing like send them to Atlanta Clearly, since Brandy from herself says that Aaron knew that they had made out, so clearly there's some sort of line that Denise is allowed to cross within their marriage. But this whole thing is based on the idea that what they did would break up Denise's marriage. But she made these claims months ago. Denise and Aaron seem to be good. So either it's happened and Denise and Aaron don't care or it's happened only as much as she said the first part, like it was just a make out. So Denise and Aaron don't care or it's something where it happened, but you're saying it happened. You're trying to make it like, oh, this is about me because she made me into a cheater when I would never do that. But how could you say it's about you? It's like if you're a Jewish person and you eat something and then you find out after you ate it that there was something not kosher in it. If your intention wasn't to eat not kosher, the sin's not on you. The sin is never on Brandy. So why is she acting like she was somehow really hurt and mentally frazzled by this? The only person who has any sort of um, emotional content about what happened in this situation is Denise and you're as in Brandy's intention is only destructive. What is the point of this story? What is your end game? Who is this out as Charlie Day of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia would say? But I feel like what happened was that they might have hooked up, everything was good, they were all on the same page, 
And then Denise might have just regularly, they weren't as close or keeping in touch. So Brandy was thinking, and then even if Denise would have said, you know, don't, not to not tell Aaron, but don't make this like a big deal for the show. I could just see Brandy in her head being like, you're trying to keep this a secret. You're trying to act like you're one person when you're not. And she loves getting people, like, you know, putting out their things. And it's just crazy to me because honestly, like if Brandy brings up this cheating thing one more time, that plotline, even her bringing up the thing about how she had stopped being friends with somebody because they cheated. Oh my God, I love Like she keeps repeating the same things. And I mean, I don't, obviously I don't know like if this is true or not, but to me, I feel like Brandy does seem like a cheater. Brandy seems like an open book kind of person like Jax. I feel like Brandy is the type of open. Yeah, she's open to anything and anyone. I feel like she feels she's been wrong so much that she doesn't mind causing other people pain because she doesn't feel like they understand what she's been through. Which if you think about it in the schemes of thing, in the scheme of thing, like, come on, Will Smith and Jada just went through an entanglement. Britney Spears, we are on free <laughs> we are trying to free her. There is 2020 and Teddy constantly being thrown at us. Brandy just to me adds like more chaos. Well, I think what you said earlier is really sort of like kind of hit the nail on the head. I believe that Denise and Brandy had some entanglement. I think Aaron was totally fine about it, but I think Denise didn't want the other women on the show, didn't want it to be Brandy's kind of way back into the show. And Brandy kind of had her own plans. And maybe that wasn't her initial plan, but maybe hearing that Denise didn't want that or whatever, I think that's how this is really kind of cause and effect. Yeah, I feel like maybe Denise refused to film with her or something so brandy was like f you you want to like sleep with me behind but you don't want it on camera so i'm gonna spill it to everyone and because kim is so on another level of i don't know what she has ponytail power she does and she also just seems to be on just so many different things and i keep looking to kyle seeing is she having the reaction i'm having of looking at her sister like what is happening? How is no one? I think Kyle's at the point, I imagine at least with her sister, where she's sort of, you know, I, I, I have, I can't, this is what I've got. You know, she was very nice to put her sister boobies on screen so she could get a free booby fixing. So I feel like that's where she kind of, their dynamic is. Because they don't seem... Like, they seem in a good place, but they don't seem kind of close and super vibey. So I feel like Teddy's that person for her right now, because Lisa isn't. Yeah, I think she replaced the older, kind of older sister with a younger sister. I agree, but I think that Lisa and her knew each other for over 30 years, and that's such a different friendship than a woman who is on a show that she should have never been casted on just never well in true teddy form nothing made me laugh harder this episode than after all brandy says teddy is like kind of is upset because now she has to go travel with her after what brandy after travel with denise after what brandy just told her she said about her <laughs> or i'm like that was your takeaway 
I know she makes everything about herself, but also I love when they get in the car, it's Lisa and Kyle and Rome. And just like what Denise said, that she is a shit stir, she right away turns to Lisa and is like, I need to tell you everything. Yes. You're just like, oh my God, Teddy, you guys didn't even verify this. If I knew this person, even if we were in a good place now, was a pathological liar and takes down people for no reason and will come back and blame whatever person she did it with. So Brandy's going to come back next season and say, Kyle put her up to this. Like, this is not a woman you take value from. You watch her drunk, and if you want to party, you go party with her because I bet she has every type of thing you could imagine. Well... It does make me sort of consider, did Kyle know? Was this whole thing, because do I really believe Kyle's borrowing dresses from Kim for the trip? No. Like, I mean, Kyle has a bad stylist, but she certainly has a stylist. I'm sure she travels with her glam and everything. So Brandy coming in with this story, I felt like they both already knew, which meant that Kyle did set this up, having already known. So in which case, you know, that gives Brandy exactly what she needs. She has someone to blame. No, I agree. I mean, I definitely think Kyle set this up. I think Kyle last season and this season and tried to do it with Erica as well. Like, mm-hmm. try to make something when it comes of nothing. And I feel like Teddy just goes in full blindly and supports it. But I, I it's so weird out of all the people to do this with to have Brandy. Because... Honestly, if you if you watch the show through all the seasons, Kyle even talking to Brandy makes you look at Kyle so different. But it's not weird if you look at it a different way. First, you've got Kyle, right, who doesn't want to get her hands dirty. Then you've got Teddy, who last year proved to us she's definitely willing to do dirty things to kind of produce a plot line. And then finally, you have Brandy, who has literally consistently on nearly every single season we've known her been willing to straight up lie and then fight for her lie or fight for her right to lie (laughs) you know to create this sort of narrative and she will fight to the point where her eyes are like bulging out of her head and then she's like i'm sorry someone else put me up to it (laughs) she's such an idiot i think it's like so ridiculous. I mean, I mean, of course, this is why we watch it. But I <laughs> hope that because this season has been so bad that the reunion is as juicy as everyone keeps making it. Like I said, um, Garcelle unfollowed Lisa Renna. Um, Denise unfollowed Lisa Renna, Erica Jane, and Teddy. So it's very, it's an interesting time. What happened at that reunion? Lisa also referred to the fact that she doesn't like to be put in a position where somebody else is getting a different type of show, but using her and the other girls to get it. Because everyone was saying it must be about Lisa Vanderpump and the dog show. Uh. But I don't get how that correlates because last season did not make me want to watch a dog show. Like, the Brandy and Gina thing, I get. Like, they did a huge, like, plot line. Like, they made it so we could go. But this show about a dog show, like, what? It did make the characters, though. I guess, but that's 
I guess because you said there's a thing with Bravo, they have to wait. But even if they're doing it with Bravo, do they have to wait a year? Um, I don't know. But I'd imagine that maybe some of the delay, at least, was um, because of the, you know, the coronavirus and everything related to things shutting down. Because first you got to get production, get filming, get it all set up. So maybe it was just sort of a corona delay. Maybe, but... But, like, I want to know John Blizzard better. I mean, I want to know the whole cast and crew a little bit. And if... if, if will be on it? Who? Rochelle. <gasps> maybe. And maybe we'll get a little Lala Kent action in there, too. I mean, this could be where the Vanderpump cast-offs go. That's true. That's true. I, I, I'm open. If Lisa's involved, I feel like there must be some crazy. It may fail. Remember the Dash Doll show? That was a fail. We may see a failure, but we may see a success. And I'm open. I agree. I, um, and before we get to, because we're so excited to have our interview with Julian, but before we do, we did just want to say, you know, with recent everything going on in pop culture, and we did kind of mention it, but we are completely, like, supportive of this free Britney, everything that's happening. And we really hope you are, too. But, you know, I think it's so sad to see and if it's true that she really is putting um, codes into her messages, which doesn't really make sense if they're saying she also doesn't run her account. So if she wasn't running it, how would she know? How Why would they let her use the codes? But, you know, no matter what, I hope and we both hope that Britney, you know, gets saved. Lots of love for Britney. Poor Britney Spears. I mean, if it is true that she is sort of a captive in her own life, that's really heartbreaking, and no one deserves that. And, you know, there is petitions going around for people um, to sign. We have ourselves signed petitions for her um, situation to get investigated. I truly do not believe that she is being well cared for. There is something very uncomfortable that we all see when we see her post on social media. And we do laugh, of course, when you see someone, you know, who seems silly and crazy. And it's fine to laugh if they're silly and crazy and they're in control of themselves and their lives. But it's not really funny if there's something darker going on. So if you can, don't just trust us, research it, and then sign a petition. Yes, exactly. Also, of course, speaking of mental health, which with Brittany, we don't know if she's being, you know, induced with drugs. But I have to say, this is like a Black Mirror episode. I mean, 2020 in general is a Black Mirror episode. But there is a full episode that's starring Miley Cyrus, who is actually one of the people with Snooki who started this, again, this kind of campaign to free Brittany. But that's basically about the Brittany story. So... I would watch that as well because it would just give you, you know, a lot more feeling about what's happening. Okay. We also, um, we also, when it comes to mental health, with everything going on with Kanye West and everyone's, you know, been making a lot of jokes. He did his political rally the other day and he kind of went on a long rant about, you know, how abortion and how he almost aborted North and that Kim helped. You know, Kim was the one who in the end said, like, to save it. And that as well, he went, he kind of also ended up discussing about how Harriet Tubman didn't actually free slaves, but ended up moving them on to work for white people. 
Um, if you listen to earlier interviews he did about his actual platform, it is really interesting. So um, you should look it up on YouTube to see it where you can actually hear it. But basically, he did sound a little, um, you know, not well. And he ended up doing all of these insane tweets, basically saying that he was in the Get Out movie, which is insane if you think about that, that Kim is trying and, and Chris are trying to put him in a hospital, that Kim, um, you know, he wants to divorce her and like all this other crazy, crazy stuff. Dave Chappelle ended up coming to the ranch to like help him. So he's with him right now. And then Kim put out this whole thing on her story, basically saying that this has to do with his bipolar and to give them time. And a lot of different celebrities, Hazley included, are basically saying, you know, this has to do with mental health and we shouldn't be picking on these celebrities. And I think that really does you know, I think they're both making great points when it comes to Britney Spears. A lot of people are saying, you know, they shouldn't be making fun of her. And I think when it comes to Kanye, these people who are very amazing artists and so beyond talented and are geniuses in their own rights are also, you know, humans and they go through such bad times. We don't know mentally what they're dealing with, what drugs they're on. And I think as all people, this kind of cancel culture or, you know, accusing people of doing things, we don't really know. So we just wanted to send our prayers to both Brittany and Kanye. And as well, lastly, um, recently there's been a lot of growth in anti-Semitism. Ilana and I are proud that we are Jewish and very, very, very proud. And we did just want to say with everything from Nick Cannon to Ice Cube to, I think, LeBron James. I might be quoting LeBron James. What would you say? P. Diddy. P. Diddy. A lot of people are kind of feeling it's, you know, an oh. Oh, I just want to say these are all people who actually have followings on their social media feed that are actually greater than the global Jewish population. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so um, they um, have also, and these are actually people who I love hip hop. I've, I've always loved it and I love these artists. So it's also very sad to kind of see this, but are also spewing very anti-Semitic hate. Uh, hate, basically accusing Jews of taking away, you know, the Jewish religion from the um, black community and really just in different ways misquoting what Judaism is and even our relation to the black community which we have so much in common and have gone through and always supported one another so it was definitely something sad for us to see Nick did issue an apology a very 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 written apology from a PR firm because it was his second apology and the first one was not an apology at all but I think what was most shocking to the Jewish community about his apology was not the actual apology, was the comments under it and how people reacted. And a lot of people said he shouldn't have apologized, that he's spewing the truth. Um, he quoted, who's the, um, who's the person? Yes, who is a very anti-Semitic um, leader in the black community. Leader in the black community. And they both P. Diddy and him follow you know, a lot of what he says. And what's most sad about this is Nick Cannon is a very smart man. He has, he just graduated from university. He's obviously an amazing businessman with everything he's done in his career. So again, it's people who are also knowledgeable who are just choosing to stay ignorant. We support the black community and the 
BLM movement more than anything. We look at it just as much as if they're suffering, we're suffering. We look at ourselves all as, you know, one. And this is just so sad to see because instead of us coming together, it seems to be spewing more hate and people are feeling more and more okay to say how much they hate the Jews. It is a very scary time for us. We don't usually talk about this. And again, we're very proud to be Jewish, but Ilana has even had in her past where somebody tried to throw her into a swastika that was on fire. Jews do not have it as easy as people might make it seem or as we try to put on a happy face because that's what we were taught. But we will never forget the Holocaust or what we've been through. And we hope that the people who are listening, you know, will help to educate people if they are not Jewish and the Jews that are listening are going to be there to be allies and also help people to know everything that is so wrong. Absolutely. It's really sad that in a time where we're all sort of reflecting on the mistakes that we have made, um, you know, and trying to improve on ourselves. And you have this something beautiful like the BLM movement, where it is talking about tolerance and then some very big leaders in the black community are then um, promoting hate, hate language and intolerance. And we really hope that that hate is um, squashed out and that people who are Jewish people who are not Jewish, but the people who truly do believe in being intolerant towards hate, voice is louder than those who choose to try to justify their hate while asking people not to hate them. Completely. And luckily, there have been a, like a good amount of people, celebrities, um, you know, people who are Jewish, people who are Black, who are coming out saying this is wrong and that they don't agree with this ignorant um, point of view. And I hope that kind of keeps coming and that, again, we can stop just viewing so much hate and try to together as a community. Absolutely. We've both been through so much, like take on all of this awful things that are happening. But on a lighter note, we now have the, for your listening pleasure, our interview with Julian, who we are so excited to have on our show. Yes, so let's welcome Julian. So hi everybody, I am Julian Briette. I have lived in South Florida for about three years. I'm originally from upstate New York. I work for Fendi. Very fun. So we love fashion, just like Dina and Ilana. And you can find me on Instagram, just with my full name, at Julian Briette. Um, I can't say I'm much of an influencer, but I certainly have lots of fun. <laughs> no, he is. He has the best style. You guys have to check him out. I'm always getting inspired. We both are of everything I, he wears. I, I'm more inspired that I like have life FOMO. Like, I just, if I miss one of your posts, I feel like I've missed something majorly interesting and wishing I was doing. Plus, I want to oh be gosh, Thank you. No, yeah, your, yeah dog. your dog, Gigi, has the best life ever. I really want to be reborn, Gigi. Gigi's oh, here with us now. Us. I didn't even realize. Gigi is with she's us. So she's so cute. She's with us. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I hope she is filled with opinions on all things housewife because clearly. <laughs> 
Oh, that? she knows everything. She watches with daddy, of course. Of okay. course, of course. She's amazing. So um, just um, just like how did your career get started to, um, in that way as well? So I feel like my career kind of came from obviously like a lot of us from my interests. Um, I remember growing up when I was really little, like before I even knew what designer things were, my mom would have, you know, like old LV bags. She had like the Bernice, the, you know, the, the Bernice leather ones, like little makeup bags. And I just knew that they were like special. I didn't really know what it was. I didn't understand it. I just, as a little boy, knew, like, this is special, this is exciting. And so really, as I got older, it became much more prevalent where I kind of even overpassed my mother and really got excited about fashion and luxury specifically. And so when I did move here to Florida, I started in Saks. Um, so I was working for Saks Avenue, and I was doing handbags. And then I got really fortunate and went into Fendi. And since then, it's been almost, it's been over two years now with Fendi, three and a half years in the industry overall. And I can't be happier with how quickly things happened for me. And I just, as you know, I really feel like it all depends on who you meet in the industry and like what kind of skills you have. And I just am very fortunate that I kind of was able to find my niche so quickly. And can you tell everyone exactly what you do within Fendi? Yeah, so my so my job is a little unique with Fendi. I'm a client advisor, so you would think it's normal for, you know, um, help the client sell things. But as you know, Dina, I mean, Dina and I, we do do some work together. We do. Um, my, we do work together a lot, which is wonderful. So, so as you know, um, a lot, a big part of my job is really helping you girls and Saks, is helping the Saks associates and I'm kind of like a middleman in a way, I guess you could say, where I don't really speak with the clients as much as it is helping all of my wonderful Saks associates and helping you guys get the products you need to help your clients. So I really like my unique role in Fendi because it allows me really great relationships with our corporate because they have to request a lot of special pieces, that sort of thing. And then it also allows me to have these great relationships with everyone in in Boca and Palm Beach and Bow Harbor. So I get to meet a lot of people everywhere. And I just, am, I really like how my role is a bit different from a normal client advisor because so much of it is helping the associates in different SACS locations as like they're my clients. Exactly. And I love it that way. Yeah, you're amazing because you even understand the clients as if they're your own and you're so much about customer service and really being there 24-7. Julian works probably as much as I do, like anyone as well. So we're up pretty yeah. much from like the morning till like late at night. You can message us till after midnight and we will get you an answer. Still get back to you. Lately, I've been a little short, but <laughs> <laughs> no, you're I've gotten a little fed up lately. But yes, it, normally I do wonderful. Normally. <laughs> well, you're fabulous. And you have some really amazing pieces. Do you have sort of a favorite uh, piece of this season from Fendi? Yes. Okay. So I love from, obviously we all know the California Sky collection that was all over Instagram that we all saw that everyone loved. So my favorite piece 
from that collection is one that I couldn't sell because no one could get it. But <laughs> I love the little the baguette with the black yeah. and white FF. I just I think the baguette is such a classic bag. Obviously, the iconic shape, the style, and with the with how Joshua Vides with his doodle FF, it was just gorgeous. But I had never seen it in person. I couldn't sell a single one, but I loved the pictures I saw of it. I love the photos I saw. I love the new shopper from the new collection, the fabric oh, yeah. one that says Fendi. It's all over Instagram as well. I just think yeah, that it's very cool. Honestly, like my very first bag that was not inherited, but rather like I bought by myself. And by myself, I mean I had my husband get for me. Fendi, um, <laughs> and I literally got so many bags from Fendi that I can't stop wearing. That it's like absolutely easily my favorite brand. But one of the things that it made me even more than shocked when this collection came out, and I loved it because it was already like my highest standard, the absolute favorite brand. And then to make something where I'm like, I need this more than it. Like my, I feel like and it was like sold out. So Dina knows all about this collection. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was pretty much I think sold out before it like. No, I told Dina. Half of the pieces never even we never. Never even had them in the stores. They were just and gone. Tina, that we need to like really make sure our social media presence we're gonna get it is stronger because I want to be part of the people that it gets sold out to before it hits the floor. Yes, absolutely. And that's the thing is that that's why I mean we deal with this with all brands, not just Fendi, but something that I find the disconnect between the fashion industry and social media is the timing of their posting on social media and again not just Fendi all the fashion brands is so poor because you see them posting California Sky now still and 90% of it is sold out and so they're posting things that I can't that we can't sell in this country yeah and that's the thing that they tell us yeah one of my friends in this country yeah one of my really good friends is literally like today she landed in Capri from London so they were fine to go and she said I'm going to Fendi as soon as I get there and we'll figure out what is left <laughs> what's left yeah that's what people have been coming and asking me is what's left and yeah. kind of just what's what do you have left I secretly am hoping there's like a hidden room of maybe designers that are like slowly putting these <laughs> together so that it's gonna come back out. I know, I really wish. I just think, as we all know, I think with COVID things really got messy, messy, messy. So I think that they had bigger plans for it. And then my guess, not, not, not factual, just my guess is that, you know, COVID had an effect on it. But it was a beautiful, beautiful collection. And I'm so glad that I did get to see and sell the amazing pieces that I did. I know they're just beautiful honestly I think that it's really one of the best on like just absolutely because it is as like that classic element that Fendi always has but, but also like that um like cool factor that Fendi always mm -hmm. is able to kind of juxtapose those two things so well and I thought this collection was the best yet of doing just that Right, and I mean that that reflects with everything that Fendi does, like the FF 
stands for fun fur originally and then we kind of take it to like fun fendi like i know ilana you have the wave peekaboo with the yeah. with the waves on the side so like we like to take things that are classic but then make them fun so yeah. that's like like you were saying this collection's the perfect example of that we're taking something classic in a way but then making it very unique and different at the same time i love it you represent Fendi so well. They so. should have you here. <laughs> yeah, you should be there. Oh, I, for I know you're That'd so handsome. I was gonna say you can model. I know. I think yeah. you make the most. Like handsome, what man. is like? You should be their face in the literal sense. You could be their spokesperson and their model uh, person. How corporate. <laughs> I will. I will. And he's so articulate. I'll give them a nice little list. Yeah, like future highlights for you. <laughs> So have you had, though, like a highlight with Fendi or just even you could do your career in general, but sort of a special moment that's happened that you sort of were like, yes, I this nothing gets better. I think that it's much one highlight as it is a few really great successes that and just experiences and like some of them happen with Dina right here, some with Dina, some with other girls in Saks Boca. Um, I just, when things, I get really genuinely happy when things go well for all of us and, and the client's happy and like things just go well. So that's really it for me. One, a really exciting time with the company was working Art Basel and Super Bowl last year, which, you know, they were kind of close together. It kind of seems to loop into one in my brain, at least for such a busy time. But um, art, just being able to work in the Miami market and work. I worked at both Bell Harbor and at the Design District store during Art Basel. So that was really fun, just getting to do that during Art Basel. And then again, and that was kind of a moment where I was like, wow, this is very cool. Like, this is more than just a job coming to work. Like, this is very special and cool. So that was the one moment, it was not long ago, where I was kind of like, wow, this is really an amazing, special thing that you're lucky enough to do. And, and we were stalking you on your story, I remember, during that time and thinking, like, we want to be you. Yeah. I got to do the most amazing, fun thing just and because of work. Helping. And so I was so thankful for it. I like, love your attitude. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, it's so, in it's like, you're already a very endearing person. Every interaction I've had with you has been lovely. But it's so nice hearing someone who recognizes how lucky it is to get to be exposed to these special opportunities. People don't get to do these things that work like we do. They don't, like, people work in offices and factories. And not there's anything wrong with that. That's every, not everyone would want to work in a store like us. That's not for everybody. But the things that we get to do are so fun and special. And like you were saying, Ilana, it's so important to be thankful for it. Because if you just don't, then it's just a job. So if you're not thankful for these amazing things that we're lucky enough to do, then it does become just a job. And that's what we want to avoid, you know? I think that's why you're just such a pleasure as like one of my a close friends and as well as like somebody to work with because... You just have this amazing attitude and energy and something I feel like sometimes the fashion industry is such a harsh place and it also gets this kind of bad attitude. Mm -hmm. But you are one of the most loveliest, warmest people. You're so easy to work with. And I think that's why even when clients do get you get you to have your like get your attention or get to know you, they end up like becoming your friend and even like messaging you all the time. 
Right, like what we've experienced. So it's, it is great. And I really appreciate that, Dina. And I feel the same about you. And I feel like a lot of it is because of our age. Um, so we're very, you know, we're younger for the industry and especially the positions that we're at in the industry, we are a bit younger. So I think that our fresh outlook really is just that, is it's fresh and it's something different from what and the same norm for so long that when there's a new generation coming in, you really kind of bring a truly fresh outlook that that's much needed for a refresher, I think. And, uh, and you know, it's really nice. But just to segue from some of your like positive attitudes into your sassy self. Yeah, which I definitely have. <laughs> um, please like tell us like you, you don't have to obviously we wouldn't even want you to name any names but if you have any funny stories from your experiences which are so unique we'd love to hear them I think that some of the funniest stories are just like <laughs> 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 I'm laughing already I think some of the funniest ones are just like a how ridiculous the happenings of an everyday of every day can be like I've had examples of getting in a $30,000 crock bag for somebody and it being the wrong shade of gray it's just like these little tiny things that like that you can't even fathom that you're like oh it's the wrong shade of gray I didn't even didn't even think of that and so it's not luckily I don't have like horror stories because I'm very thankful that things have gone well because I mean they don't go well for no reason you have to manage your business well and things go well so I don't really have any horror stories but what makes me laugh I would say is just how as much as I love our clients obviously just how funny they can be with their requests yeah. <laughs> I would say <laughs> I think that they can be very laughable and you know it's our job and I love to do it for them but sometimes the things that they ask I just want to look at them like they have four heads and you wonder <laughs> is there one request that was particularly stood out in your head that's funny um I think that the the kind of like funniest things come from really when the clients don't want to listen to what you're telling them so for example you can tell somebody this is not available in your size. It is sold out in the United States. And they, okay, but I have a credit card, but I, but I want it. And you're saying, I know you want it. I would love for you to get it, but this is not available. I'll pay for it. I will pay, I'll pay shipping. And you tell them over and over again, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you pay, it's gone. And so that to me is what makes me laugh the most, I would think, is just when people think that because they have money, they can just, buy whatever they want. And unfortunately, as we know, in luxury, things don't stick around that long. So when they're not available anymore, they're not available. So I would say that that's what I get the biggest kick out of is getting a text two months later after I sent them a text two months ago. Saying, <laughs> yeah, oh, I really love that. Reaction. I really loved that bag you sent me two months ago. And then by then I'm like, well, honey, I wish you texted me two months ago because it's gone. And that happens frequently, so I'd say that's my biggest laughable thing. And I guess the reason I don't have more bad stories is I'm lucky, so I'm glad I don't have more. <laughs> well, you're just such a pleasure. I think, though, personally, most of my, like, 
na- like bad experience in the industry hasn't been with clients. Yeah, I was gonna say it's mostly it's actually mostly with like, like people crazy we work with. Yeah. More than crazy yeah, the clients. crazy coworkers. I mean, I feel like in the past there was a certain stylist in Boca that I'm sure Tina know will know <laughs> who did make me cry on my first visit with this stylist. But it was really because I didn't understand this person and I didn't understand how they communicated because it's my first time meeting them. It was in person. It was very fast. And now that I've gotten to work with this person for over a year now, I, it was, I love them and we got along great because I learned how to cater. Like you were saying, Ilana, it's not about the clients, it's about your coworkers. Like I learned how to cater to each coworker as if they are a client in a way. So now that I learned person's niches and this person, it's not personal. I don't get my feelings hurt. There's no tears. It's I understand you now. So I get how you are. So I didn't have issues in the past, but I think you just have to learn how everyone is as an individual and it's a lot easier to adapt. You learned her love language if you ever watch The Real Housewives of a- Yeah, I learned yeah. the love language. <laughs> <laughs> My love language is Fendi bags, just in case you want to know. <laughs> no, yeah, I love your, you're the best. We love the support. <laughs> you let them know right away. So, um, what has been, and then just to go completely different way, what has been your favorite right now platform, like on social media? For right years, now? honestly, my favorite platform has been Instagram. I feel like it really took over in a big way. I did enjoy watching some of the TikToks for like a brief moment during quarantine and I really like yours like I think yours are really fun but like then when I was on the app like on the actual TikTok app I was like oh my gosh I'm too old for this and that was kind of my reaction and I would be yeah but these kids are like 14 I know <laughs> I was like are extremely young we have to text the daughter of one of my um co-workers who's nine to tell us how she knows so much she knows everything but like, she's been like I'll figure it out and literally within five minutes we've got like a video tutorial <laughs> I love it no so I like the fashion TikTok thing I follow on Instagram these accounts that post like men's fashion ones similar to what you girls do like I like the fashion TikToks I like the funny ones but the app itself I find like I find like I'm I feel like an old person so it makes me a little scared and so really for me Instagram is still my ultimate favorite I just love Instagram because we can create a fake beautiful fake life for ourselves that isn't really how we live but we can make it look like it is and shamelessly I love to do that so remember there was that um episode of the office where they talk about second life do you watch the yeah office? Yeah, yeah where Dwight has his second life and then he has his like second second life because life is so good I like to think of Instagram as that it's like everyone's second life like you're living your real life, but then the life you want everyone to think you're living is your Instagram life. It's Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and then when you go really deeper and you want people to, like, think you're even crazier and deeper down that hole, then you go to TikTok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then you go to TikTok. <laughs> uh, speaking of Instagram and the feeds, it was so funny because this morning I was reading this, um, like, Vice article that's, like, how what does your Instagram feed say about you so it is true that like we really curate like an image for people 
And I can admit it that it's fake, but I like doing it. So I love it. It's fun. Yeah. I'm really pro it. And you know what? I think yeah. what's nice is like, okay, to a degree, it might be curated. Let's say that over fake because I prefer it. But on the other hand, it is like, you know, even when people are lying, you're finding out their truth. So even yeah. through curation, you're getting a taste of who you are, what you find is beautiful, what you find yeah, is interesting, like, you, like your aesthetic, yeah, aesthetic. And, <laughs> and, and like what is part of your life. So like with Dina and I, one of the things that once we like merged our account was our goal is for our voice to come across. Now it's a very curated, right. beautiful, like lovely life voice, but it's our voice. It's your voice, and you girls also do a really great job in your captions as well. So you have your, like, your voices and your photos for sure, because it that's a really good way to put it, Ilana. I agree that just because it's curated, it doesn't mean it's not us. Like, it's the, it's the best version of us that we're yeah. putting forward. It's still, it's still you. It's yeah, just yeah. a curated version of you. Yeah. And I think that's part of what makes it fun. And I think that why Instagram is cool is because nobody really expects it to be totally not curated so the yeah. norm is to do that so we're not really doing anything that's wrong or that's deceiving because that's what the norm is so it's really just what makes it so fun to me is you get to have this fun visual beautiful representation of all your best things about yourself I agree I and that. I love stalking people like I love people watching in general but mm -hmm. I love getting like to, yeah and I think we love getting to like go through people's profiles like yours you know mm -hmm. and, and like stock all their outfits see how they're styling it you know getting inspired my absolute cardio is going onto Instagram and like getting jealous and exciting about <laughs> other people's curated life like, literally same <laughs> It's a wonderful use of the app. So what are currently, though, your favorite brands and styles? So let's start with, like, contemporary first. Things okay. that I can afford to buy. <laughs> <laughs> so for a lot of clothing, I really love, believe it or not, even though it's not so much a brand, I love ASOS and their ASOS collection stuff for men's stuff. I think that for guys, we struggle a lot. So basically, I just feel like the reason I like ASOS is because of how, for men specifically, yes. it's much easier. I feel like there's a lot of abundant options for women in the fast fashion, trendy type of realm when you want to have something for an Instagram photo that you might only wear a couple of times. And there's so many options for women, but for men, it's very lacking with a lot of repetitiveness through the seasons. So I love ASOS because I think that they just have really good options for men and women, but they have more options for men's than a lot of other resources. And then when it comes to my favorite brands, I mean, obviously I love Fendi because I do work with them, but we all love Chanel, as you know, you can't escape Chanel. So um, I love, I just love the Chanel collections recently. I just think they're so amazing. They if you really know, I got the I got the neon sneakers. They're a bit older now, yeah, but I love the neon. Oh, wait, I think I actually did see that post. Julian has yeah. the best. You did posting them, right? Yeah, oh, I, I wear them all the time. Yeah. Because I wanted them so bad, and then Dina was like, sorry, too late. They no, sold out so fast. I, like, remember I told you They have them, I think, now in, like, all pink or something. Yeah, I don't like the but all I pink. I don't the like them. colors. I yeah, mine are all different. I have the all different color ones. Yeah, and I don't really do sporty activities, but I definitely like if I'm gonna wear a pair of kicks, 
like they're gonna be Chanel and they're gonna be exactly. Like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's cute because my boyfriend Andrew got the men's version because you know that was their first time Chanel did men's. Sh- well, not the yeah. first time, but the first time they did like a bigger men's shoe capsule. Yeah. Um, and he got the black and white one so that he matched. So it's fun. Oh, I love <laughs> you. you guys- I love that. Such a beautiful couple and such like oh, thank style you. too. Now my husband, I'm always trying to get us to coordinate, and he won't let us. So I literally sneak when he's in the bathroom to see like what he's taken out to wear. So that way I can <laughs> like change the outfit accordingly. And he's like, "Why do we always look the same?" I'm like, I don't know. We're just so in sync. I used to not like it, and then I got like kind of into it more as time went on. I was like, "Oh, it's kind of fun. Like it's cute. Like I got I more just, into it." I just want us to be like one of those like badass like you know, um, fashion week couples who, like, you see, like, angry staring at the paparazzi as we walk yeah. down the promenade. Like, I just <laughs> want, yeah, I just want that to be our life. And in my head, that every time we leave the house, that's what we're living. In reality, it's like David and Victoria Beckham, like, just yeah, like, the, like, dead yeah. eye to the camera, like, matching looks. Amazing. Exactly. And he, he wouldn't agree to that, so I had to find the back way. And you have. You created that, Alana. I see it every time. Just, you just got creative, is all. She did. It's, it's much like my Instagram. It took a little work. <laughs> Premeditation. Just like Instagram, if you curated a little. <laughs> Do you have an it, like, person, influencer, anyone who inspires your style? Because you seriously have, I think, the coolest style. Coolest style. Everyone has to check We love it. I, I like Die. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, so there's this one um guy that I love. I believe he's is he Vietnam or Philippines? I think he's in the Philippines. Let me see, David. Yeah, he's in the Philippines in Manila. So his name is David Guison, G U I S O N, and his style is a lot like mine. I feel like my style a lot of the times is influenced, as you mentioned, Ilana. I love my house plant. I feel like I have a very like kind of safari chic influence style. I like a lot of like khaki colors. Like I like the greens, the tans, like very earth tones. I'm not afraid of like a bucket hat that has kind of a safari vibe. Like I really like, I like that look a lot. So I feel like, yeah, David Guisson from Manila. I love him. And then, obviously, I'm still influenced by the women influencers because I wear women's bags, women's shoes, like sneakers, not heels or anything, maybe someday for, like, a drag shirt. <laughs> but, um, now, like, I, I can finish, like, women's sneakers, bags, etc. So then I love, I mean, obviously, we all love Kiara Ferragni. Like, I love Kiara. Um, she's anything that Kiara has, usually I want, like, every other person in the world, so got a bit of a dronomous kind of style at times so she really wears things in a way where I feel like anyone could be influenced you can, yeah you can she does and she does wear menswear sometimes and obviously with her husband like between the two of them it's just your it's the Their ultimate influencer package the coolest rock star the coolest kid ever yeah so the two of them just be influenced for hours upon hours upon hours with an endless supply of inspiration between the two of them yeah and then I, 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 I see that yeah yeah and I really love like I love I love Kiara obviously I really like David and I just feel like to be honest a lot of my inspiration doesn't even come so much from other people it just comes from like 
being at work and like being around it so much that I feel like you learn kind of what looks best on you and what's gonna work for you and what's trendy and what's cool. So I feel like we're really lucky to work in the industry in that way because we kind of, I like to say like we know before everyone else it's gonna be cool. Like we knew that not, we knew that tie-dye was gonna be cool months ago. You girls were doing your homemade tie-dye stuff way back in March during quarantine. And I just ordered four tie-dye shirts. Like, you know, it's like, I mean, we know it's gonna be cool sooner. So I think that's a big advantage for us is that we're lucky enough that we kind of are ahead of the trend. But I agree. He's a trendsetter. Well, also, I think when you work in the industry, you sort of see um, inspiration. Like, for example, um, when I go to Faina, like, I will see things there that will inspire me. And I'll think, oh, I want to put this together and put that together because mm-hmm. I'm already in that state of mind. So I'm almost yeah, already inspiration and seeing it out and about. And I mean, not just for my home decor, which I, I wish I could just have Faina kind of like vomit all over my house. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, but like even for my outfits, like I'll sometimes I'll be sitting in there. I'm like, well, I have this piece and this piece and these two like fabrics look so good next to each other. I'm gonna do that on me, and then you know people are very responsive. So I really feel like when you work in the industry, it also just makes your mind look at the world more creatively because you are your own work of art. But do you Absolutely. guys? Feel- you know, with the, do you feel like the kind of the revolution that's kind of going on right now with everything going on, you know, in general with like COVID as well as like the BLM movement, and then people are calling for the fashion industry to kind of change. Do you, do you see it yet at all? I know it's still new, so it's a problem. I think it's, I think it's because I know that like Jacques Mies, one of my favorite designers, as you know, like I have a couple of his hats. I I pre-ordered the new bag. Like I want a lot of his stuff. Um, I know that he has, he only does two collections a year now, like men's and women's show in the same show for sustainability reasons. And I know that that's kind of the big move. It's really hard because I love the old school elements about fashion as well. I know it's controversial, but like, I love fur and I love exotics and like I love these things that like make fashion glamorous and like that make, give it that like old you know like the photos that we all love to share like at you girls the ones that you girls share like of the old glamour like that sort of stuff like I love that aspect of fashion way too much to let it go me too so it's really I mean, hard for me to to want to let go the 1950s like a beautiful mink coat with a red lip and like a fascinator like it's really hard to want to let go of that so I I don't want to say I'm not for it but I I don't mind having six shows a year like I don't mind having six collections and four shows like I'm okay with that so (laughs) I mean I'm not calling for change so much because the fashion industry is iconic and it works so I agree with you with the, um, I agree. I mean, I love, I think we both love so much the old kind of glamour of fashion week. Even I, um, one of our favorites is Grace Kelly. And when she was younger, you know, she used to do the Yeah, Grace, Grace Kelly, yeah. like. Like, it was amazing. Dina and I both close our eyes and think we're Audrey Hepburn. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, we have fights. Yeah, like, so I, I, I do too. That's the thing, when you're putting on your skincare at night, you know, you you have that moment where you're like, like my, one of my favorite movies is the French movie Belle de Jour. Yes. Oh, yeah. A few girls have seen it. I love Belle de Jour. 
and like you know I have that moment where I like Catherine Deneuve like in the mirror like putting on my because it gives you a chance to escape and have that like fantasy and I'm not saying that we can't still have that if the fashion world changes it's just something that is so close to my heart that it's hard to to let go of I do think oh I was gonna say I wasn't even going because you went to sustainability which maybe I should have gone to I was thinking more how you know how they're calling for brands to all um like almost be um transparent about who they're hiring, like being more inclusive. And oh my like, God, I totally took it the way he did too. Yeah, my bad on that, you guys. Oh, that's okay. I mean, so one thing that I'm really proud of with Fendi, for example, is I saw a lot of brands after the BLM movement really started, which I'm so glad that it did. I learned so much in the past couple of months, things that I really needed to learn. I needed to educate myself on. So I'm so thankful that that happened, even though it started from something very unfortunate. It's a movement that I think really needed to happen and that people like me really needed to learn a lot, which I did. And I think that when it comes to the fashion industries, like Fendi, for example, we saw a lot of brands backtracking and apologizing and saying, you promised to be more inclusive. I'm really proud that with Fendi, we've always had beautiful, beautiful black models in our campaigns for years. Like it's nothing new for us. We've always done that. We have Asian models. We always do Fendi and China is one of our like big campaigns we do several times a year. Fendi and China. It's a big partnership for us. Like so we're we've always really have a lot of markets. Like if you remember the me and my peekaboo campaign, we had from the Kardashians to an Italian mother and daughter to I think we had a Korean mother and daughter and a Chinese mother and daughter. Like we had a lot of different ethnicities represented in that. So I think that's great for Fendi with other brands like as in like Celine, Lueve, like they have a bit more like room for improvement, obviously. Like they have a bit more room for improvement, clearly. Um, but I think that the improvement in that respect absolutely needs to come. And when it comes to transparency, I don't know how I feel about transparency in terms of who we're hiring, et cetera, because, you know, I mean, businesses, I'm not a business owner, but I know that things have to be private for a reason, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not in, I'm not claiming to know everything about how a business works. But I do think that what's very important is that more fashion houses take after brands like Fendi and like Gucci and even Chanel, who is inclusive and like who really tried to like just include more more ethnicities in their campaigns and in their teams. It is interesting that it's kind of not like the lower brands, but the the incomers. Yeah, that aren't being able to do this, and kind of the ones that are the true iconic brands are the ones that well, are. I actually was really also surprised how many like contemporary brands yeah, who got sell to a very wide market was then yeah. so much. It just it was very shocking to me how many of these brands were so um, almost dangerously in, in uninclusive. I don't know the right Yeah, name. I mean, even a brand that I know we all love, I, I sent you to Dina. Remember when I sent you about um, Zimmerman? The, oh, their employees, right? my heart. And we all love Zimmerman, so that was like heartbreaking. I literally, like a piece of my soul, like actually it was hard like we all love Zimmerman 
I love Zimmerman. I'm hoping this is just like, you know, a bad time, just like when Chanel was Let's pro-Nazi. talk about Reformation because I'm not a fan. Oh, yeah. They, they're, they're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but I think with Zimmerman, it's going to be like the Chanel Nazi thing. You know, it's not, is this the best thing? No. But will no. they prove and then be, you know, an example for all? Well, that's you know, a long while ago, um, I was approached by Zimmerman um, to interview for a position related to visuals. And so when I was doing it, I did research on the company. And actually, I think I even said this to you and you showed it to me, they got horrible reviews, like by former employees and current, you know, on the websites where you can review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was horrible. I was like genuinely put off um, from what I read because not just the stuff that they said about at that time there was issues of race but even also issues of the way management like upper management bullied you know were part of bullying so i mean i think that zimmerman has a culture from what i gathered from my little bit of research that comes from like their kind of let's say flagship in australia right. that to be disseminated into who they're hiring globally, that is not great. Having mm -hmm. said that, their Rebrand. clothes seem to, you know, have so much loveliness and positivity and lightness. Exactly. The energy of the things that they design, they'd have a great company. So, just kind of though, well, kind of moving on from this, we're gonna go a completely different way. <laughs> what current Bravo shows you are watching? Yes. Oh my gosh. So obviously Beverly Hills is wild. So I know that you that you girls said that you didn't find this season like that entertaining. I'm loving this season. So maybe I'm seeing it differently. Okay, wait, wait, why? Yeah, tell us why. Okay. Tell us like your argument for this season. So I really am enjoying this season. I think it's fun. Like I, I mean, obviously now we're getting to the drama with this last episode, but before we get there, we'll go back a bit. Yes. Um, even though, like, yes, I agree that the Camille thing from the episode before the newest one was very scripted, and the, with the Kyle Camille thing was very scripted, I agree. But other than that, I just have been enjoying watching kind of the lead up to what we're about to see with Denise and Aaron. So Thank just you. because... I, yeah, I like I I really like Denise. I I did I I did like Denise. So I was really surprised. Like I used to watch um her show on E like years ago when her and Charlie oh, yeah. Sheen first oh, had a divorce and she had yeah I remember and she had her reality show. I really liked her show. So I was really excited to see Denise on the show last season. Then this season when things got a little like sketchy with Denise I guess that was my main source of entertainment was the drama with her and Aaron so I was really enjoying kind of seeing where it's headed I suppose and then I just think Rena has been a riot this season has been oh, so man, fun to watch like Rena just brings so much joy to my television so even though it hasn't been as super eventful I've just been having a lot of fun watching it which I think is what is the real point of Housewives question though have you been watching it weekly or are you watching it binge Week, weekly oh, i've been okay. doing it weekly so i do get like i i guess yeah so that is one thing is even doing it weekly 
the issue is I feel like there's not as many like cliffhangers. There's not as much as like, oh my God, I have to know what's going to yes. happen next week. There's nothing like that. It's kind of just like, oh, that was fun. Like, what's on now? Like, it's kind of like, that was a fun hour. But, so, but I feel like with this episode that we just watched, now, now I'm like, oh my gosh, I need it to be Wednesday. Like, Okay, yeah, totally. But yeah. do you feel that they kind of took a long time this season to get to that point? So I see it both ways. I think that they took a while, but I liked the buildup of seeing of seeing what was happening with Denise and Aaron and how he started acting weirder and weirder and how um, when they were at the, one of the first parties when Denise told Aaron to stop talking, stop talking at the party at Kyle's house the first time. So I kind of enjoyed this kind of mysterious Denise and Aaron drama, I suppose. Even though <laughs> like, it was a slow even though it was a slow build up, I was like, this is gonna be something. So I was along for the ride. I think because my issue is that I feel like who cares? Like not like why do you care if the lady does not want you to mention stuff like if your friend is saying don't mention this in front of the kids I feel like in a normal and maybe I'm wrong but in a normal friendship you just be like okay and then move on and no it, you're right and I think that this drama they've dragged on for so many episodes and it needs to just stop yeah. it's like it's in front of children Denise asks you not to talk about it in front of her kids why are you saying oh your husband was Charlie Sheen you were on Playboy like just don't talk about three ways in front of her damn kids yeah that's it yeah and like honestly I think the problem is for me okay so if I have something on my mind let's just say Dina did me dirty and <laughs> I called my mom and told her about it and Dina was like okay you know um like I apologize I'm like we're good but that doesn't mean when I see you I'm not like so this is what Dina did because you mm -hmm. just want to like update people like on your world so I feel like that's more like where Denise was coming from like she didn't have any bad feeling with everyone but she kind of wanted to still express herself like her yeah. expressing were still flowing and, and I, I do like think that the other girls bullied her a little yeah. with it I think that they were bullying her a bit for sure and so with that respect, I definitely agree. It's like, who cares about her not respect like your kids? Like, who cares? But I did, like, I just like watching Aaron because he's just weirdo. I have to really, like, rewatch it and just focus on Aaron because I think I was so, like, had a deep enrage about anyone believing Brandy about anything, about all this. You know, I just feel <laughs> this season... Lisa Vanderpump is needed. No one seems to know how to handle it, and Kyle and Teddy should never be our leaders. No, I mean, I that's the thing. I used to love Kyle, and Me now, and now Kyle is, I'm like, what happens to Kyle? It's so sad. And who is dressing her? Because they do not like her. I think we all no. should be concerned the second she decided to actually cut her hair versus just putting in a clipping. Yeah. Um, we and knew she lost her mind. Like, and none of us should have trusted her. She was going through something. But, like, last episode, I believe it was last episode, when Rinna was calling out Denise and saying you're trying to rehab your yeah, image. With the french and fries. At first, I was like, oh, I could not stop looking at the french fries. Like, please, someone eat those lovely crispy french fries and stop ignoring them. They but look so good in that. Oh, what right. I was really on a more deeper level thinking is, like, 
this is kind of borderline cruel because here's this woman who has been at least for a decade, if you have any awareness of pop culture, in this like really kind of bad thing with her ex-husband who I believe was you know with many prostitutes and has yeah, healthy he was horrible to her yeah, yeah. And like, now on top of it he's like trying to affect her custody of her kids and at one point i'm a hundred percent sure that she took custody of his kids with another woman who he was married to after her because they were both in such bad ways with their issues yeah i think that she, she did. took in his children so here's a woman who's done all that and now you know, maybe she doesn't want, like, last year she felt it was a mistake that, you know, she told the story about taking, you know, Big Dick Aaron away <laughs> to get his hand job yeah. and whatnot. And she like, did say she... it was a mistake. She said that she didn't like that she said it. Yeah, so then it's like, why does it, like, you, like, everyone else has, like, some sort of, like, stick up their ass, like, that she has no right to try to want to make herself feel like that's not the only way the world is now seeing her. Like, people are allowed to say, like, oh, I don't like the view you have of me. I want to show you a different side. And I feel no, like I Rena, agree. it felt mean because they had, like, an actual friendship. And with Rena, but you can't trust Rena. I love her messiness, but this felt a little mean to me. But she's not a, she's not somebody who's a ride or die. No, no she's like, she's a fun friend. Yeah. You don't, and they you don't were they were bullying Denise for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But um speaking of the cast, do you have with like the new cast or even like any favorites right now? Or any people well, you don't well, I always, always love Erica. <laughs> like how can you not? And even though we're saying she's a little messy, I love Rena. So, like, I love Erica and Rena are my girls. Um, from, from, like, previous, I mean, I know that you love Vanderpump. I did love Vanderpump a lot, but in the last not, season. Why did it change? In the last season she was in, I didn't believe her. I wasn't on her team. So that was really yeah. when it changed. I was, I didn't, I believed the other girls. I didn't believe Vanderpump. So that's really when it shifted for me. I was like, no, you're lying. Dorit's not, you're lying. And that's, that was my shift. So I teamed with the other girls. So just a question. I'm going to throw you a scenario. Let's just say Rena did the same type of thing where she produced scenarios and content for the show would that make you turn on her because for me i agree with you i think lisa had something to do with it i still love her thank you for giving us good tv we had an entire you know season uh, that was not the after good a dog it named it was after an amazing dog. season amazing like an amazing season, season. Like, are we are we mad at her for doing her job really well no i don't want to see your edges i don't want to see your lines and you gave that to us but your brother did die or like your mother like no gold they did yeah. they should too so, you know are you really coloring within the lines when you're when you're upset? No, you're like, ah, and that's what happened. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah. But what do you think of no, the so new I think, cast? Oh, sorry. Um, no, like what you were saying about, about about Vanderpump, like I agree that she was doing a good job of making the show fun. I just didn't like how she then like handled things. I guess I did. I don't know. She didn't. I, know I just. She didn't know what to do with the mess after she created it, I think. Yeah, she didn't know what to do. She's got to own it. But I think that might have been, I'm just throwing this out here, but I don't want to play the death card. But it might have been that, you know, she had goals going in, and then her mother died, then her brother committed suicide, mm -hmm. you know, both 
And um, and maybe then she was just like, I'm, I'm not in it fully. I can't do this. Because I think that's exactly what happened. Down. Yeah, you have you to know be something is wrong. Erica full out called them out two, uh, two seasons ago, I think, or one season ago. One was season. like, I know what you're doing. And then they stopped. Mm-hmm. Lisa should have known what they were doing. But, like, if there's any housewife kind of trope that I love amongst all the series and land of housewife is everyone as long as you own it you can do anything <laughs> so like all lisa had to do was exactly own it. that's how i feel just to own it. it you know show your receipts and we would all be good vanderpump would still be with us in her glory <laughs> yeah she would have owned it i totally agree do you like garcelle or son <laughs> Okay, so I feel like with Garcelle, I like I like Garcelle a lot. I think she's very real. I don't think she brings a lot of fun to the table, but I do like that she said in the last episode that she's like, much, I have work, like, I can't film. And I like that she kind of acknowledged it. Like we said, she owned it. She it was cool. It. Um, Sutton owned in, the, in a different interview, I don't think it was on the show, something I was watching that she can't film I think because of her husband not wanting her kids in the show. Yeah, Lana talked about that. Yeah, so I guess she was supposed to be, you know, a diamond holder on the show. Yeah, and then her husband put, like, some sort of legal stop to it. So that's why she's sort of, like, kind of a friend of, kind of not. Yeah, so I, that's what I read, too. And regardless, I, I like her. I just can't read her. Like, I don't, like... I don't know if she's, like, I get it. She has the Dolce Couture a lot, but it's like, are you big money? Are you not big money? Like, I can't tell. I don't think she is. She seems very gauche to me with the whole, like, when they were at the one party, and she's like, oh, well, this isn't main collection. This is Couture. And it's like, okay, like, who says that? Like, yeah. Odd. Like collaborations, I was like, you're not a true lover of fashion. Yeah, and then went with her little bags and all. I'm like, you're not a true fashion person if you're doing that. Like, it's not with her store, and like, you're not a true fashion lover if you're doing these kind of low budget things. Like, no. Yeah, I think Sun is interesting. There are times when I like her and times when I don't. I love that Garcelle showed some Lisa Vanderpump vibes with the question she was asking Sun. What did we think about about Garcelle asking Sun how she got her money? Yeah, that was amazing. I, I thought it was great too because Garcelle asked it in like a very polite and tasteful way, but it was still shocking. It was shocking, but it wasn't uncomfortable. No, I was uncomfortable for like a moment, to be honest. I was uncomfortable for a second. I was like, oh, but Garcelle has a way about her that she can kind of get away with these things because she's so genuine that I found it. Then I got over the shock in a couple of seconds. I also think because she's not like, at least at le- the, the Garcelle we've gotten to know, she's not like the type of girl you're like having laughs with and since right before they were having a laugh about you know getting hot in the kitchen mm-hmm. that I felt like you know Sutton felt a little kind of at ease and then she's like okay now that you're comfortable let's get you, on the yeah. you know? and I like that that was a nice approach it I like, and I like that she's just so like you said it was a nice approach and I like that she's just so real about it I'm like no shame just and I like how she's very real with her kids I, I like her. I think she's cool. 
I like I her. Too. We just need more time with her. Need more time with her, yeah. Yeah. I really hope that next season she'll be able to film more because I think that she brings a nice balance to the group and brings a nice level of headedness to the group that they need. So I, I hope and that I like that she's more. not swayable, I guess. There's no, no guess she's really work. not. She sticks with her guns. Yeah. And Lisa Ren and her officially feuding. I watched a little interview that she did. That's why I asked him what I asked him before about Rena. <laughs> Garcelle said that, you know, the reunion is the straw that broke the camel's back. And that's yeah, why. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I can't wait to see the reunion. All their looks. Dorit's look was so good. And Rena's was the best, though. Like, Rena's look was amazing. I didn't see Rena. I saw Dorit. They're on their Instagram. Serena's is like very Joan Crawford. Right now. I saw um Kyle's, which again, who is Kyle's stylist? It's they so bad. The pantsuits and the the romp the the pantsuits and the and the jumpers and over and over and over and yeah, the glitter and the print. Her hair. Oh who my did god, that her hair look amazing. I love her hair longer. Let me see. She just looks Oh, she looks yeah. amazing. I love when she makes her hair longer. I think it's so chic on her. She has a good head for long hair. Dorit and her, I think, are the best then. Yeah. Be I love I her camp hates her, and she doesn't know it. Oh, I wanted to ask you, what did you think of Erica's um, um, look? You know when she was doing her royal look? Because every season she does one. In her uh, oh. Um, which... Hold on, I'm confused. In which episode was it? The this one. She was in her confessional with her kind of. It's the it's the ones that they have oh, to do at home. In the confessional one. Yeah, no, I like it. I mean, Erica can do no wrong. She can write something I ridiculous. Like, I didn't like it, and I thought she looked no, so pretty. I liked her outfit, and I liked that even pared down, you still got her fabulous and her voice. I said to Dina that she showed her age in that her head was like right up against the yeah. camera all the time and I was getting a lot of forehead work and I just felt like I'm not getting emotional work from that forehead because it's been Botox so I don't need to oh, see it. <laughs> yeah I mean I think that she, she definitely did show her age a little bit with it but I mean she looks amazing for her age regardless. So she looks amazing her age is timeless in terms of her physicality i just felt like just like when i look at luann on rahoni screaming at the um screen thinking that you know that it won't capture her her you know voice um from the one foot away i kind of feel the same way when erica's forehead is right up against the camera yeah, eric is a talker where she keeps leaning and she leans when she gets she gets talking and she goes closer and closer and closer as she's yes. talking yeah and it just feels like you want to be like like you know if like if a, like a parent does it where you're like mom move away like yeah, you know back up <laughs> yeah, but I felt like Kyle with that pink little jacket that makes her look like she has no arms. Like Erica looked amazing. No, Kyle that. didn't look good. Erica looked physically good. It was the camera work I had to yeah. Although I'm re-watching the seasons of Beverly Hills, and I didn't realize, and I probably should have, that Erica does a royal themed confessional every year. So to see that evolution of where it started to now has been such joy for me. I didn't even realize that. It's so it's so cool. I think she really does coordinate it. So Julian, you have yes. to tell us. If you were at a party. No, 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 sorry. Lastly, we're going to play a fun little game. 
Yes. Okay, so call, text, delete. Yes. For Beverly Hills. For Beverly Hills, I'm going to do. Okay. Okay. Worst version ever. Teddy Sutton Garcelle. Oh. <laughs> and reasons for why. Yeah, you have to have reasons. Teddy, I would call Garcelle. Because I think that she could have, like, a fabulous conversation with, like, a lot to give to bring to a conversation on the table. Um, I would text Sutton to, like, check in, ask what she's wearing. And Teddy, <laughs> I would delete because I don't need a lecture. I think we should do a round two, though, all-star cast. And we'll do Dorit, Rina, Erica. Okay, so now it's a really hard choice because I want to <laughs> just call everyone. Um, I would have to call Rena though because Rena is just like she's just Rena, and I feel like talking to her on the phone would just—I would just laugh so hard I might pee myself. So yeah. <laughs> I would have to call Rena, and then I really don't want to delete anybody, but unfortunately, I think I would have to text. I think I would have to text Erica. And unfortunately, delete my girl Doree as much as I love Doree. And the reason being is, I just think Erica might be a little more interesting. Plus, Doree can message you on Instagram. Yeah, Doree and Doree can post twenty pictures a day, and I can comment and like them. Like, yeah, that's enough. Erica, Erica doesn't post five times a day like Doree does, so you yeah. know, I can yeah. I can contact. The conversation her can continue elsewhere. Yeah. With Plus, if you're texting Erica, you had to I feel right. If you're texting with Erica, you guys are at an intimate level. She might be a good friend. Exactly. She might be a close friend. We might be planning like a, a trip to go to to Cartier so that she can get more giant diamond panther jewelry. Oh like, my god. I definitely think Mr. Girardi is a better person to know than PK. Oh, I mean yeah. PK, And as much I- as I love Dari and as much as I love her, I, I have read a lot of very negative things about her and PK that they're very fraudulent. No, but you know what? I'll allow it. I love that. I love her. No. I'm a fan for her. But I've just read that I've read that their money is a bit uh, very fraudulent, that they don't really have much, but I love her, so I let her get away with it. And you know what? Just for fashion reasons alone, I'm Yeah, not like whoever is dying. Uh, yeah. excused. She's excused yeah. just because of her style. Honest, I feel like a lot of this in last season, the good of it is from her. So oh, it was, it, the good was from her. I love her. Don't get me wrong. So she's any money issues they have, she's excused because she's such a fabulous excuse. person I, and she has style. Yeah. I like her personality Every. too. I love her as a person. Just want yeah. to um, ask one more question just about the Brandy thing because I know we talked about Rome, but do you have any expectations? Like, what do you think is going to happen at that dinner when they all tell her what they know? Because a lot I, of things that I thought were going to happen sort of once the reveal was made already happened. Like the bravo, bravo, bravo scene, the don't talk to the camera scene. That was nothing to do with Brandy. So I kind of want to know what big reaction we're going to get since they've gotten such a pump up. I I mean, all we saw, as you know, was like Denise's face looking like shocked when Teddy said, well, she said you slept together. Um, I think that Denise is going to deny, deny, deny. To be honest, I don't 
think that it's going to be like, oh, yeah, we slept together, like, at the dinner. I think Denise is going to be like, oh, my God, no. Like, and then I feel like as we've talked about for the past hour, like, this season is kind of unpredictable because the storyline is so not there and it's so kind of wishy-washy that every episode I'm kind of wondering, like, what's going to happen this episode? Like, it's very unpredictable. And because even the ladies' attitudes have been kind of unpredictable this season, and I feel like kind of changing episode by episode, it's really hard for me to predict. Usually I feel like I'd be much easier, but this situation is so bizarre with so many factors, with Brandy suddenly appearing, us now knowing that that scene was filmed a month later after Rome, like, there's so many weird factors now that it's really hard to make a prediction. I just think that Denise is going to deny, though. That's one thing I can say for sure. I really am interested to see, like, how the teams form of, like, the Denise team versus the, um, um, sorry, Brandy team. Because Brandy is not a cast member. So, like, having a yeah. non-cast member really, like, drive this story and even have a whole bunch of people kind of on her side, I feel like, uh, like likely it's gonna be Kyle, Rena, Eric and Teddy one team and then Garcelle, Dory, Denise on the other team. But who knows with Sutton, she she'll surprise us. And Eric and Dorit and will surprise us, but I see Dorit following the Kyle clan. No, see I don't think so. I I for, I'm gonna tell you why real quick, okay? Yeah, why do Fast. you think I'm serious? Okay, first of all, I have seen Denise and Dorit on social media post-show being very complimentary. So that's exhibit A. Okay. Exhibit B. Dorit was the one who they showed running after Denise. And Dorit's husband, PK, was the one who was trying to teach Big Dick Aaron how to be better. True. As he husband. was trying to help him as a husband, yes. Yeah. So I feel like there is exhibit B actions upon the tv show where we see her like kind of getting her back and then finally dorit was extremely quiet during the fights that have happened like the barbecue fights and some other she things was. where everyone was kind of piling on denise and in, and in her dorit commentary seems- dorit keeps saying like well i didn't feel offended i didn't feel this so and she's like in no way do i think that means i'm a bad mother so i yeah. think dorit might feel that you know she sees because she keeps saying this is what happened to me i feel like she for some reason is protective of denise richards because she does not seem to like sun so she's being very open with like that shade there i don't think she's another fashion person her and erica are both fashion people and they found each other they're really close like if i saw in the pictures from the um shoe dazzle event erica and denise um sorry dorit were not only standing next to each other but there was a slight turn in erica's body towards dorit and i once read or yeah, like saw in a psychology like class person. that means that you feel close to that person so they're there that's a real bond yeah yeah oh for sure erica and dorit i think it's very real but now that you've pointed out all those things about dorit and denise that now that you've pointed it out i notice more you're very observant very observant <laughs> Um, now that you pointed out, I noticed more that, yeah, she really did have her back a bit. So now I'm very interested to see on Wednesday yeah. how how things go with that, because it's very true. Yeah, because you heard about all of them, like, different people unfollowing each other, right? I sent you Yes. That. Oh, my yeah. God, the unfollowing gate. Like, the, yeah. Yeah, just in case no one else knows shit. Oh, yes. 
So Lisa, Rena, and Garcelle and followed each other. And then um, Denise Richards un- unfollowed. Um, wait, it was Teddy. Yeah, followed a few. A few. Yeah, yeah, it was Teddy, Lisa, and um, Teddy, Lisa, and Erica. Because Erica. Erica seemed the most pissy about it. But Erica, mm-hmm. this season, I mean, I did have a whole other. She's in an alliance. I am very. I think she's in an alliance. I went from Teddy. an Erica stan okay. to like. Now I'm very questioning of Erica. Yeah, oh, I don't trust Erica as far as I can throw her. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that she's, like, a cool, glamorous, fun chick. Yeah. yeah. I think that in real life, to be totally honest, I can see her being a real bitch. Yeah, yeah and I feel like she's very scary. much a chess player in her approach. Yeah. Like, she, that's like why she's a yeah. yeah, and I can see her being a real bitch, to be honest, as much as I like her. And I think, like you said, she's very manipulative and very calculating. Yeah, very I can see but it I, for sure. But I think she's not actually this season. I feel like she just decided, because maybe because her career, especially this season, is so insane with all the different projects she's doing. But she decided to kind of make an alliance with Teddy and Kyle, because those two seem to want to go after everyone. Maybe Dwight's in yeah. it, too. They go after Teddy and Kyle just want to attack the world. Like, yeah, I don't get that bond. So I have a theory, right? You know how like what is it? Because I just can't stand Teddy. Okay, so you know when you're like in high school and you like a boy and your parents are like no, and then you like him more because your parents are like no. Yeah, of like Kyle like Teddy, and Bravo was like ew no, and Kyle's like now I'm going harder for her. Yeah, I, that's a good I, that's a good point. That's oh good Teddy point. doesn't bring any. Even rewatching, um, oh she God, was so when she first entered, and she's like, "I take accountability for everything." And when she starts a fight between two of the girls, she's like getting mad, and she's like, "I'm done talking about this." When yeah, she talk. always leaves. Like, yeah, she's so holier than no, thou. She's, she's such so self righteous. She's so self righteous. I can't stand her. And then it was so rude with the whole. Well, I don't really care if you guys come or not to, you know, in the beginning of the season to her retreat. It's like, you don't say that to somebody. You can say to somebody, oh, I won't be disappointed if you can't make it. Like, that's no. how you word it. Yeah, if you can't right. make it, I won't, be, I won't be disappointed. I understand if you can't make it. You don't say, I don't care if you come or not. Like, no, of course. And I think it was so weird that, like, if a friend is coming to support you and doesn't care about why they're coming they're just coming to support you that is a lovely thing and she's seeing it as a bad thing and i'm like no that's a very great thing like that's they could be thing. totally uninterested in what you're doing and they're still going simply to support you Which and you're mad much. that's more admirable that's literally i think it's even better like you're I saying that's more admirable too. Like, I, like, always think about those actors who, like, do one-man shows in New York and the people who are friends with them, so they show up. I mean, that's, like, really, like, that's friendship. If you yeah. showing up for someone, even though they're an idiot and doing stupid shit, like, that's friendship. That's Exactly, and that's why with Teddy saying, with Teddy saying, well, if you guys aren't really interested in the accountability class or whatever, why are you coming? It's uh, like, to support you, you idiot. Like, when was you're going to be your friend. Yeah, I know. I just, everything about Teddy, from her new pink hair, her pregnancy, it's just things I don't care about. No, but Teddy, 
I was already never into Teddy because I just found her very self-righteous, obnoxious. And even though I think she's very beautiful, I just felt her vibe was very, like, aggressive. But very then, aggressive and, like you said, just beyond self-righteous. Yeah. self-righteous. But then she was actually at the heart. I, like, we all forget because they kicked out LVP. But it was actually Teddy. But she did shady stuff. That's what I'm saying. She did something it really shady to Doree in her first season. And when That's Dorit, why they hated each other. Yeah, but when Doree tried to kind of be like, I just heard you said that. Teddy's reaction, she basically tells her, I've already discussed it, and I'm not discussing it anymore. It was said what was said. But she never discussed it Oh, my God, Dorit. I just had a realization. I have another reason for Dorit being on Team Denise. What? Because it's not Team Teddy. Yeah. Oh, it's not Team Teddy, true. Because it's not Team Teddy. That had, like, at the end, there was some sort of weird thing. Remember at the, oh, reunion, at the reunion? Where Dorit's like, I don't trust you because you were a part of this, and you weren't not a part of this. So and like, you're acting in like a good you're reason, like, like good. And yeah, and so then there's like that weirdness. But we came into the season all forgetting about it. We just remembered LVP wasn't there, and they made that big ghost. And you they know, all forget the everything else. Yeah. Oh my goodness, guys, we've 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 solved this. We solved. We've it. cracked the code, Andy. We have cracked the code. <laughs> So, Julian, thank you so much for being on today. We had the best time the best talking time. to you. We hope to have you on again to go through yes. everything housewives. We definitely have to have you back to kind of recap. I think after reunion, if you have the time, we should have another. Yes, we'd love to have you back on. Okay, girls, Ilona and Dina, it was so much fun. And I would love to be back on because it was literally just like I was hanging out with friends for a couple of hours. So I had a great time. Oh, I love and we that. definitely have to discuss more after the season is done because there will be a lot to discuss. So much to gossip about. <laughs>